0: What is up, guys? Dave here from Metal Epidemic, back with our first podcast of 2021. Uh, joining me, my colleague, good friend Duncan. How are you doing, sir? Happy
1: New Year to you. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. I was
0: just oh, I missed that deep.
1: voice. Just missed for that you. voice. <laughs> You know what's even better? It's Beautiful. just the two of us. <laughs> you and I. Because um, yeah, Kyle is when MIA. I'm, He's I'm completely just, I'm, I'm gonna gone. I'm going to date this recording. Totally uh, the, the day we are recording this, actually at the moment we are recording this right now, uh, both Facebook and Twitter are lighting up with the fact that pro-Trump supporters have stormed Congress and people are being shot. Um Welcome to, yeah, that's happening right now. Welcome to 2021. You know, remember that year that they said was going to be better than the previous year? COVID was going to disappear completely. Trump would be gone. Uh, All that political unrest would be completely gone as well. Turns out, Dave, (laughs) 2020 is a gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not joking. There's a woman being shot and they've stormed Congress. Um, So, yeah. So us! Yeah, oh aye, it's, it's, it's lit up like a Fuck Christmas tree, him. Dave. Jesus Christ. So there you go. There you well. we go. <laughs> as, as, the, as the new metal bands of which I love so much would say, if you don't know, now you know.
0: You know. Yeah. Oh, um, feels good to be back though. <laughs> it does, it does. We had a lovely little break over... Uh, Kind of the last part of December, which was quite nice. No reviews, no podcast, just chilling. I actually got the chance to listen to some old music, Duncan. Like actually stuff I've not heard for years. Fucking liar! Pants was, on fire, Dave. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, went, I went, went down a bit of rabbit hole because it was an album I was looking for
2: mm-hmm.
0: on Spotify, and it wasn't on Spotify. Like what the fuck? I was I looking for decapitated Nihility album oh yeah. and I was like why the fuck is so this not Spotify and then I noticed like half their catalogue was missing from Spotify wasn't pleased about this Duncan so I had to <laughs> I had to dig into the archives I had to get the old hard drive out oh dear god <laughs> uh, I know I know from those times where I used to rip CDs to my laptop so mm-hmm. I could put them onto my iPod or whatever the fuck it was I was listening to at the time um, so I started on there and when I was on there I was like found all these other albums I'd completely forgotten about so I went down a crazy rabbit hole listening to the old decapitated the back catalogue your nihilities and negations and all that mm-hmm. um and then i remembered there's some other stuff that's not on spotify that i found um remember uh kashi opia i do the like german band yeah yeah they are fucking they were amazing um they're a great album i'll be listening to that the yezu album that's never been on spotify i never um, will be either babe <laughs> The, the, the thing is, like, the, the whole catalogue for Yeezoo is pretty much on Spotify, apart yeah. from that one album, which is my favourite It must album. be. I, I, I've got a theory on this. There's
1: something specifically about labels or rights or something. I'll be a distributor right or a publisher right. Um, Probably. That stops. So like, like, on iTunes, similar rabbit hole. Uh, today, actually, of all things, uh, I got a, a new pair of uh, AirPod Pros which give you the whole 3D sound experience. And I was like, I really need to check this out. You know which album was recorded fully in 3D? That second Nemic album, boom, jumped on. Ooh. Second Nemic album, switch in, listen to the whole 3D sound effect. And I was like that, this is a great album. Shame it's not as good as their first album, which isn't on iTunes. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Every album they've done apart from their best album is on iTunes. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there you go. Just was, not yeah, there. That was another one I listened to, actually. Um, remember, um, there was a band called Harp, H-A-A-R-P. Yes, I do indeed, yeah. Old Sludge, kind of Sludge band, I forgot about them as well. Listened to a bit of them. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Trials, remember Trials? Tri- they they were, of, the,
1: were they not the UFC folk? Is that not uh, it? Yeah,
0: that was Trapped, I think. Trapped, Yeah, right. uh, Trials were kind of, I think they were Canadian, kind of thrashy, kind of groove metal band. Yeah, there was a total, like,
1: chunky groove sound.
0: Yeah, uh, Witness to the Downfall, I think the album was called. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not on Spotify, but cracking album as well. Um, so yeah, just listening to a really old shit, which has been awesome. Forgot how much stuff I'd just like for- totally forgotten about.
1: Before Screw. like the million albums get released this year. Is that what you're telling me?
0: Yeah, my, my email is bursting at the seams already, to be honest. Um, and I haven't even, I haven't even started. I've sent some albums out to some of the other guys, but I haven't even started looking at stuff. For us yet. I'm just even like
1: started.
0: Uh maybe if I don't look
1: at it, I'll be <laughs>
0: It's not how um, that's not how that works, Dave. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, there's actually there's some stuff came in that looks pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to getting back into that. But that will be coming very soon. Uh mm-hmm. keep your, your eyes on our YouTube channel. Uh some album reviews will be appearing on there very soon. Um but apart from that, good Christmas, good new year.
2: Yeah, quiet. Quiet.
1: Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh I know to me, Christmas, that's an ice cube cracking <laughs> in my glass. That's how loud that was. It was actually Big Ben far away. Um, I was like,
0: I thought you were going to make an announcement there. <laughs> like,
1: like, yes, Dave, this is where speech. I say that my Christmas was awesome. No, uh, it was quiet and <laughs> I, I, I enjoy quiet over Christmas. I usually finish up my day job um about mid-december and don't start back to january so Mm. that's that's what happened again and i spent a huge amount of time drinking a lot i mean i drank an obscene amount of alcohol uh like when we were kind of recounting why there wasn't any left in the house and (laughs) it was because i had drank it all uh Mm. yeah it far too much um watched a ton of movies caught up on some tv and yeah, b- finally binge watched that Cobra Kai, which uh, is tangentially linked to this podcast in that it is just rife with 80s hair metal. Um, <laughs> so just like like absolutely disgustingly bloated with 80s hair metal. So hmm. since then I've created a, because it's January, and in January you have to get fit and shed all the weight that you put on over Christmas, I hmm. have created a Cobra Kai playlist. <laughs> which is full of bands oh like Rat uh, and Twisted Sister. And, you know, because um, Johnny and the, the the show mm. is correct in that they don't show you Top Gun because Top Gun's inferior to Iron Eagle, which they show about three or four times, I'm assuming, because the rights <laughs> were easier to get. Got a little bit of Queen in there as well. Who scored that fucking movie? So, yeah, just like a cheesy as fuck playlist. Um, yeah. Which is uh, which has been listened to uh, ashamedly far too much. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoyed my time off. I didn't do nearly as much of the the, the metal listening that you, that you've done. Uh, I have went back through mostly, to be honest, continually working on what the theme of this particular episode is. Which, as mm. I said to you before we hit record, um, my list. Changed right up until about five minutes before, and I'll be honest with you, I'm still not entirely happy with it. Um, (laughs) but we're committed in uh, into a a time schedule now that what is on the list will appear on this recording, and I'll just have to live with the consequences. So,
0: how about yourself? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, same as you. Um, I got a a plethora of non alcohol beers over Christmas, an actual case full. Uh, as a christmas gift it was just a mixture from all over the world just varied beers um because i'm not a drinker but i do like a wee alcohol free beer every now and again yep. so i have been working my way through that box big davies um, beer blog
1: beers. come in 2021 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: starting instagram soon um just eating yeah just eating and drinking and listening to metal basically that's <laughs> pretty much what i've done i mean living um, the
1: dream some people would say dave
0: <laughs> yeah some people would say um and i'm not i'm back at work from tomorrow so it's all been going swimmingly well up until now but um i myself actually had this list done in december
1: yeah you told us you were very smug about it um yeah i was yeah like incredibly Um, smug uh i think you went as far as to say it was the best list ever which i'm going to just say to you well mm -hmm. it probably is because mine's is still not settled um (laughs) so yeah I'll, i'll acquiesce to your 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 list at the moment but I I still think still think there's a few surprises in there the hardest thing was knowing that I've raved about so many albums this year that haven't made my list that's the thing that's that's the that's the the bitter pill to swallow is seeing how many albums scored very high for me that like never had a chance when it came to the final list Um, I know but I think that just speaks to the overall the overall quality of last year we spoke about it um, and our kind of end of year show mm. uh, is just its ridiculous the level of talent and a uh, songwriting ability in almost every walk of alternative and metal music is just it makes you wonder like there there was a, i a, in my hubris i remember a distinct period when we started doing the rock and reel stuff uh, kind of 2012 2013 And I remember thinking, you know, this is maybe as good as metal gets. You know, some of those releases are like that. You know, if this is the best, if this is us peaking at this stage, I'm quite happy about that. And I'll be honest with you, some of the albums that we've listened to this year are better than my top five then, so, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, yeah, I I have no idea what this year is going to bring, uh, but I I can't fucking wait to to just yeah. sit there and keep saying, well, it's another five star, Dave. <laughs> just gaining of like smarties. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. Um, I mean, it, but even though I did it back in December, it wasn't an easy task at all, and I mean, there was still like. When I was when I was looking at my list in, in January before recording this podcast, I was still like, "Are you happy with that list, Dave? Are you happy with that order?" I mean, the top ten were pretty much done,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: the, the kind of ten or eleven till twenty, um, you know, it was still still a bit unsure. But I've I've went with it. I'm, I think I'm happy with it. Um, so hard though, as you say, there was stuff. We did a, Obviously, did a show back in like the middle of the 2020 talking about our our favorite albums, you know, of the year so far. Um, and there's some albums that were on that list in 2020 mm-hmm. that are not even in my top 20 at the end of the year. It's ridiculous. You know, I mean, albums I thought were a shoe and like were, they're definitely going to be in my top 20 at the end of the year. I don't know where no. have scene seen them? Again? <laughs> not there at all, Dave. No.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. Um, and it's going to um, be harder so this be. year. Let's just let's just I think get that be. up front right now. This year is, I think, this year is going to be the hardest year to do a top list of, yep. of metal. I think it is just in general
0: yeah i think so i think um i think the second half of 2021 is probably where you're going to see just a, a an influx of albums coming out from bands who have just been in writing mode yeah all of 2020 basically yeah. i mean i, um, I feel sorry like for all...
1: labels because yeah. there has to be like it's like when I, I was talking about this before there's a, there's a comparison to, to, to things like movies as well if you're a nuclear blast and you have, let's see, 25 recording artists on your label. You don't want to be in a position where they're all they've all written and recorded an album. Because you then <laughs> yeah. have to try and release 25 albums in that year. Yeah. And try and recoup the cost of your market and all the rest on them. So like mm-hmm. there, there has to be clever tactics there. But then there's also the once again, very much like movies, there's very much that kind of you know, do you want to release an album the same week as a Gojira album? Probably not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So trying to work all that is going to be mm. like um, album release Tetris to see how labels <laughs> try and circumnavigate the, the the deluge, is the only word I can use to describe it, of yeah. releases that are imminent. Like, if already, already, mm. like the list, we, we covered them on, the, on our end of year episode. But the list of recording artists who have an album out in the first three months this year is already fucking daunting. Mm -hmm. And there's some still to be announced by bands that we know are are about there. So uh, yeah. Um, and that's without us even doing like the 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 cult of Liliths and all the rest of the bands you've never heard of before. You come out of fucking nowhere and release an absolute banger and you're just like, Mm. Oh fuck. Well, there we go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Totally. I think with the, the possibility of, of touring being on the agenda again, maybe towards the, the end of, of 2021, and there's a lot of bands announced tours and stuff already. Um, you've got to think that people bands are going to be releasing albums before those tours as well. So yeah. it's going to be crazy, man.
1: Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be, like I said on, on that episode as well, I think as a consumer, it's probably the best time to be a fan of of alternative and heavy music and also be a fan of gigs, the difficulty mm. will be affording all the albums which will be coming out and all the gigs that will be happening, uh, yeah. because it's, you're just gonna you're gonna have to be, unless you have a really good income income stream, you're gonna have to be really selective about what you go and see. The beauty of it is, it just looks like the lineups are. There's no more of this. You know, oh, America's getting this, you know, five-tier amazing lineup. No, I think everyone's going to be getting that now because everyone yeah. has to tour. So, it'll
0: be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I still haven't bought any tickets, though. I mean, even though there's been, like, a few that have been like, oh, yes, definitely fancy that. I'm still, I've, there's still a little bit of apprehension in me. I'm well, we're a bit, currently I'm, in like...
1: lockdown, Dave. So, again, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, fe- I feel like it's Grimthog Day, I swear. Like, every time we're like that, yep well they've got that vaccine that'll be things lifted lockdown um so yeah like i, I i'm i'm with you i think i'll be very surprised if like bands are touring the uk even before hmm. May. I'd, i just yeah. can't see it i just can't see it at all uh so yeah you're probably wise not to pull that trigger although i have a a, a rogue poppy ticket what oh, do you waiting for when she comes back? Like when, as soon as she announces that 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 Scottish date, my ticket will be valid because Ticketmaster will not give me my money back. <laughs> Don't that? That's she's the other fear as well.
0: The other fear as well is that these things sell out, and yeah. you're like, "Fuck, I've waited off because I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. Now I'm not going to get a fucking ticket anyway."
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be. I actually think, if anything, what might happen is you might find that. You'll either have larger venues which don't sell out because there's so many gigs happening, um, mm. or smaller venues that sell out too quick. Uh, I think finding the balance yep. of that's going to be really, really, really interesting. So, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> watch this space, listeners, <laughs> and hear us yes, belly indeed. ache and moan about how we should have been off to see my sugar, but that's not happening now because every <laughs> cunt and their aunties got a ticket before us.
0: Yep i was i was close to pulling the trigger on that as well i really was when they went live i was like oh mm-hmm. should i should i know and then one of the guys who writes for the site uh our buddy ken he did message me he was like did you buy one i was like oh i didn't do it i didn't do it i'm holding, <laughs> off. I'm holding off i don't know if i'm doing the right thing but i'm holding off mm-hmm. so we'll see we'll see Time will tell um so yes our first podcast of 2021 it's, it's a very simple podcast <laughs> No. Very...
1: You say that. Is anything yeah. you've ever done been simple, Dave? No, as the answer <laughs> to that question.
0: No, as simple as in, we we only are really covering one main thing in this show, um, and that is our top 20 albums of 2020. Yep. Um, but in uh, amongst all of that, I will be dropping in some new music for you to check out. Mm. Um, so if you are uh, a fan of uh, Spotify and apple podcast and all that then you'll hear these tracks uh, this will probably go into youtube as well because i've had a lot of messages on youtube asking are you guys doing a, a top 10 or a top 20 <laughs> video on youtube and i'm like yes yes we are it's coming in january <laughs> yes so well, i am now yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping so, for um, an easy week
1: guys but now i am thanks yeah. very much
0: Cunts. yes so um if you like to listen to reviews on uh, youtube um this will be on here as well, so you can hear our top 20. Um, I'm going to kick us off with some music just to get us started, and then we will get into our lists. Um, our first single uh, comes from a band that we interviewed uh way back in the day, oh, back dear. in the, the days of rock and roll reviews. Back and back! Um, and also, actually, <laughs> I've just came to mind there. Um, a band that Duncan and I had the pleasure of supporting when we were in our own band a long time ago. I'm trying um, to
1: think who's still around from when we were in a band, Dave. <laughs> oh, is it Metallica uh, again?
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no, the band are devil sold his soul.
1: Oh, I love devil sold his soul. <laughs> I fucking love them. I, I love the fact that they're still going and they, they have not really
0: changed. <laughs> no, not much. Um, no. Uh, if you if you've never heard them, they are a kind of kind of post metal meets post hardcore. Um, kind of yeah, a little bit progressive. with
1: dread. Like their music's really dense sounding, but yeah. they don't have like a ton of it. Uh, it's weird to say. there's it, like it's uh, there's not a lot of space in their music. If that makes sense. It's yeah. just like it's like like wall of sound is a great way to describe their heavier bits. But mm. the yeah, they're a band who I actually think they're one of the more important bands in the UK, yeah. and they're one of those ones that I will always instantly root for whenever I hear their name mentioned because, like I say, they just keep plugging away at it, man. So that's mm. awesome. I'm glad that they're, yeah. they're still rocking and a rolling,
0: Dave. Yeah, when when we when we supported them, that was with Skindred, I think, wasn't it? Skindred, Devil's Holy Soul. Yeah, the weirdest us, fucking lineup in the history of man. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, strange. And a tiny um,
1: little box, shoebox of a venue in classical. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, they were much heavier back then when we when we played with them. I think over time, um, the different changes and different mm-hmm. vocalists and stuff, they're they've definitely got a lot more melody and stuff yeah. in terms of the the vocal front. Um, and they had they've had a kind of quiet period kind of release wise they haven't put anything out for a while Hmm. Uh, but they're now back and they've announced a new album which is called Loss Uh, it's going to be released on Nuclear Blast Records they just signed a deal with them Uh, it's going to be released on April 9th and they've just put out a brand new single it's called Beyond Reach and I'm going to play it for you right now we'll be back right after this That was Devil Sold His Soul. Sounds awesome. Cannot wait to hear the album. Drops on April 9th on Nuclear Blast. The album is called Loss. If you want to check out the band, it's facebook.com forward slash Devil Sold His Soul. Nice. Nice. All right, Duncan.
1: <laughs> no, because my list isn't right. Cocky bastard <laughs> over there is like that. I'm ready, Duncan. I've been ready since
0: December. I've been ready since December, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to do this. I have... Twenty albums <clears throat> ready to go, and I am super confident. It is the, inf- the 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 best of what the best list is? <laughs>
1: so confident you're struggling list. with your words here. Like, yeah, this, I really is am. this is just <laughs> 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 Okay, oh, man. shall we start? Yes, we with shall. Number
0: twenty <laughs> on the list, Duncan. Who, who's going first? You or I? Oh well, this is interesting. We never, never decided this. We did um,
1: not. We did not, Dave. We're doing it right now, though.
0: Let's do it. Um, i I'll, I'll fuck it. I'll go. Oh, fuck it. Um, fuck it. Dave's ready. Fuck it. Twenty twenty one, the year that I do not give a fuck. Here we go. <laughs>
1: right, go for it. Was that oh, number twenty? Here for we you?
0: go. Easy but easy. Here we go. Um, number twenty is Huntsman Mandala of Fear. It's as, as I mentioned this when we did our like best albums of the year so far back in J- July or whatever it was uh, twenty twenty. It was in my my top ten. Was it my top ten I, I think it was I think it, yeah. I think it was in your top yeah, ten. It might have been. Um they are a Chicago based um Americana sludge band, I suppose. Yep. Um and I think I think they, they took a bit of a gamble on this release. It's um it's a concept album which, you know, it can, it can go one of two ways. I'm, I'm not always the biggest fan of concept albums. Mm-hmm. But usually they're really long. And this one is, it's like 85 minutes long. <laughs> um, so this could have like meandered into going completely tits up. But uh, thankfully, uh, these guys are, are, are pretty well pretty, um, versed in taking you on like a bit of a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, I think they have delivered a fantastic mix of kind of doomy tones with those big kind of roaring sludge guitars and then just layers upon layers of full melody and different harmonies. Um, I think I mentioned back when we spoke about it before, the the addition of um, Amy Bueno on this one, I think really takes it to that next level. Um, She's not on every single track on the album, but um, she has a very... Kind of haunting vocal style, um, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a brilliant addition to this album. Um, again, as I said, it kind of takes you on that like that voyage. Um, if you if you like bands like uh, Ohms or Intronaut, um, even Baroness to an extent, um, then I would definitely recommend this. Give it a listen. Uh, Huntsman Mandala of Years, my number twenty.
1: Very nice. It's outside my twenty, but it's a great fucking album. Interesting enough, you okay. mentioned my number twenty right there, uh, as of course. Intronaut with their album oh, really? Fluid Existential Inversions. Um, nice. It wasn't in my top ten, very much like Huntsman mm-hmm. was for you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess there's going to be a theme here of bands that were in my <laughs> top ten, sadly, yeah. kind of relegated to the the back, the back team. Um, <laughs> I fucking love this album. It's huge. It's yeah. heavy as fuck, but like dripping in these kind of progressive tool sections are like just a really, really heavy, disgustingly heavy tool. Um mm. they're a band that just seem to be like getting better every release. And, you know, another band that aren't afraid to chuck it an album with length. This is not a short listen at all. Mm. And it, you know, the tracks allow you enough time to really kind of breathe into what they're building up. Um yeah, it's the technicality and the, the songwriting specifically is 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 jaw-droppingly good, but that coupled with the production, which is, I think, it's the best production they've had. I think it makes them sound heavier, yeah. like you know what I mean. They mm-hmm. just sound so much heavier and more refined and more mature as a band. Um, yeah. I think it's the best thing they've done, and we've been we've been listening to them since way back in the rock and roll days of like 2012, hmm. 2013. So um, it's kind of cool that I feel like I've come full circle with this band and that I remember <laughs> that release coming in. I remember fucking loving it and then kind of losing my way with the band a little bit to come back to do this for you and then them releasing an album and then kind of falling in love with them again. So yeah, it's yeah. it's an excellent album. at Number 20, Intranaut, Fluid Existential Inversions
0: nice yeah cracking album love the production on that especially mm. the drum sound is awesome on that album loved it okay moving on number 19 on our list um my number 19 is um eyes and Underperformer.
2: performer
0: oh. oh yes uh this this one kind of came out of nowhere for all of us really mm-hmm. i think um None of us had heard of the band before, um, but um, I would say I was, I was a big fan of the label that they're signed to um, in Disciplinarian. We've put out some really good stuff over the years, um, and this is no exception to that. Um, this is Danish hardcore, I suppose, that ticks all the boxes. Um, we reviewed this way back uh, when it came out in September, um, and I'm still listening to it in January. It's infectious as fuck. Um, and every time I listen to it, I just imagine... This band would be insane to see live. Like, I would love to see these guys live. Yeah. Um, they they put out a couple of kind of live tracks or kind of in the studio type tracks uh, up on their so- social media, and I was just like, "Oh man, I would love to just see this in the flesh. It would be so fucking cool." <clears throat> um, it's got a lot of energy to it. Um, it's you know, it's frantic. It's violent. It's very full on, um, but it also has this like kind of gritty melody to it mm-hmm. when you least expect it. Uh, on tracks like Surf, um, it just totally sink your sink this sink. Hooks, hooks into you. Um, it's got like vibes of like Converge and um, every time I die, a bit of Cancer Bats. Mm-hmm. Um, even uh, bands like Hexus kind of running right through it. But what I loved about this is they they never really sound like a replica of any of those bands. That they're, yeah. they're very much their own thing. Um, and I think that's why I was drawn to it in such a big way. Um, loved it. Great album. I think, label-wise, I think it's a perfect fit for them. Um, they kind of fit really well in with that roster of bands i have got on Um If you haven't heard it, then I would highly recommend checking this one out. Um, Eyes are the band, and the album's called Underperformer.
1: Number 19 on my list is Eyes and Underperformer. <laughs> really? Sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, everything fucking you just hell. said and 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 more. There, there. We've mentioned it at the time. There are bits on the album that remind me of a Danish band who we once played with way back in the day, the Psych Project. Like where they just had oh, yeah. these like horribly disgusting, vile sounding bits of music that just come out of mm. fucking nowhere and like yep. level the field before they like like switch up tempo and go in a different direction as a as a release um for, from a band that you know I'd never heard of before, knew nothing about. It, it these are the things that get me excited about this particular genre of music is discovering bands who who just bring so much to the table. Such a confident release, like such a like a, like a ridiculously we have our sound, and you will sit there and fucking listen to every chord we play, or else. <laughs> yeah. um, also, has like one of my favorite album covers. It makes no sense. There's a guy poking his head through a ceiling, uh, you know, yeah. in a in an art gallery. Cause <laughs> underperformer, um, yeah, it's, it's fucking awesome. It they really yeah. are legitimately great, and I have not seen these live videos, but I shall be jumping to the social medias to see it because very yeah. much like yourself. I just feel like they would like they'd burn a fucking a building down, you know. <laughs> like <laughs> like piss gasoline from a from a high distance on a burning building. I kinda wanna see that happen. So yeah, number nineteen yeah. for me also eyes sure. an underperformer. Nice,
0: nice. Uh okay, moving on. Number eighteen. Um my number eighteen is afterbirth four dimensional flesh. Um I I don't think there were any other death metal albums i heard in 2020 that sounded like this um and we heard a lot of death metal last year um <laughs> did we? But, yes we did um it's almost as if you, we gave an award
1: for the year of death metal <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um these guys just kind of stood out in a big way for me um firstly because of the, the production of this album it is just pure filth it is it's not overproduced in any kind of way mm-hmm. but it doesn't have a production that is detrimental to the music either um it still hits you like a motherfucking truck um and the breakdown in the first track um beheading the buddha i think it's called and will attest to that it's it's fucking brutal when it actually kicks in um that's not to say that this is like a kind of meat and potatoes death metal album Mm -hmm. um it's a very complex album at times It's a very progressive side to it that will kind of keep your attention all the way through uh, the drumming and bass playing in particular is unbelievable. Um, the musicianship is fantastic. Um, clearly very good at what they do, all the guys in the band, um, because not only is this like an intriguing album to listen to, but it's, it's still it's incredibly fresh to listen to as well. Um, <clears throat> I said earlier, I didn't hear anything else that sounded like Afterbirth in 2020, um, but vocally, it's probably going to go one of two ways for new listeners. Um, you will either love that kind of like drainpipe guttural <laughs> style um, or you'll just think, what in the fuck is this? Um, it's, it's going to go two ways. Um, I'm hoping you'll love it, but um, I certainly did. Um, my number 18, Afterbirth, Four Dimensional Flesh.
1: My number 18 couldn't be any more different than your number 18. Um, I'm so happy that this guy has made to my top twenty list. I was rooting for them. I really, really wanted them to to come out with something special this year. It was an interesting idea, uh, an interesting collaboration. We talked about it on the show, and we're like, you know, what what Marilyn Manson will show up on this release? Mm. Will it be the Marilyn Manson? who is the, you know, the identity changer, you know, kind of reinventing himself every release? Or is this going to be the kind of lazy Marilyn Manson who regurgitates, you know, hate song or, you know, beautiful people over and over and over again? And We Are Chaos is a is a great fucking album. It's one that has been spinned to death on my, my, my iPod and will keep getting played. I think what I love about it is the fact that at times he is his most vulnerable sending that I've heard on a release mm-hmm. and then at other times he has so much bravado it, it it's it's scary like so much confidence um is is kinda is is working with is it I can never remember I, I keep wanting to say Scooter Jennings, but I don't know if that is the guy's name. Uh <laughs> the, the producer who does kinda dark country music, I think was a really smart choice and I like the idea that he didn't go full country on it. Like a lot of artists seem to be doing, and I'm looking at people like Nurgle we're like that, I'm going to release a country album, and no one's like, That's not a good idea, Nergal. I'll we'll just keep doing Behemoth. <laughs> what are you doing? No, okay. uh, yeah. oh, this is my calling. Um, <laughs> like, he, he, At times, he moves that way, but he doesn't fully commit to it, and I like that. There's a couple of ballads on it that yeah. are brilliant. I think We Are Chaos is one of the best anthems of the year and kind of sums up the year. Um, a very, very simple song, but an earworm that just kept going over and over in my head. I think it's maybe his best album in over a decade. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest, yeah. I, I was I was yeah. kind of clocking back, and I, I think it's I think if you were talking top like top three Marilyn Manson albums, I think it's maybe just outside the top three. Uh, I think it's that strong, and the fact that this guy at this stage his career having you know his first album was what ninety four, mm-hmm. so he's coming up on thirty years as a recording artist. And you know he's dropping he's dropping an album which it sounds very different from where they started but still very much sounds very much sounds like Marlon Manson uh, makes mm-hmm. me happy so nothing made me happier than than bringing it in here and I think it's worthy of it I think it's a great album so we are chaos nice. Marlon Manson number
0: eighteen awesome uh, moving on number seventeen on my list. Um, <sighs> Kind of surprised this this has ended up on my list because I didn't expect it to when we reviewed it, but um I did say in my review at the time. um <laughs> Given more time, up. this would yeah yeah I expect it would go up. Um, my number seventeen is Cryptodira, the Angel of History. It's a really good um,
1: fucking album, man. It just, did, it just <laughs> no. it's one of those ones that was like teetering about the twenty mark for me, but didn't
0: quite make it. Yeah yeah, Um I think like just we it came out in December, so it was pretty close. Oh, watch. Um <laughs> close to the end of the year but i think after we reviewed it um i kept going back to it i just kept listening to it and listening to it um and i just listened to it kind of shitloads really since it came out and the more and more i went back to it the more and more i loved it mm. um i think i gave it like a four point five a four out of five sorry at the time of our review but it's, it's probably popped up now to a four and a half um it's got a ton of depth to it mm-hmm. like so many layers they throw a, a lot into the mix you know from like death metal to uh, progressive metal and the kind of riffs department but it's also loaded with these like waves of different textures and really kind of hooky vocal melodies mm-hmm. um there's fragments of like between the birdie me in there there's parts of the, the contortionist in there black crown initiate even a little bits of dillinger at times mm-hmm. but again Kind of, like, one of the albums I mentioned earlier, um, they, they kind of put their own twist on everything, so it doesn't come across like they're just like regurgitating ideas from other bands. Um, they, they are one I will definitely keep an eye on, um, because they have, I think, they've got serious potential to go on and do like great things. Um, but in the meantime, um, I'd highly recommend checking this out if you missed it, um, and give it plenty of time to marinate. Um, it just kind of gets better with time for me. And we we for spoke me, at,
1: uh, in that review, there's something really organic and kind of earthy feeling about the production on it which really mm-hmm, sits yeah. well for me the production and i think you at, at the time you said they were involved with the production yeah, sure in some way yeah. and that to me like that's they need to keep that the last one thing i would say because the production aids the sound so much it just makes it feel really organic um mm-hmm. and uh, yes yeah, a great album it's a fucking great album
0: yeah so. i loved it uh that's my number 17 cryptodera the angel of history
1: Number 17 for me was one that you recommended from one of our reviewers out there who recommended it to you. Um, And there was a whole conversation about stupid name bands to do with potatoes. Uh, But uh, (laughs) Sordid Pink with their self-titled album, Sordid Pink is number 17 to me. This is maybe of the last six months the most played album for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember you saying, why was it not released in summer? Because this is a total summer album. And I'm 100% with you. It's bouncy, it's funky, it's genty, it's it's there's there's little elements uh, kind of Paramore esque vocals in it uh, that that I really enjoy. Some mm-hmm. of her melodies are really 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 good. And she's not in the same range as someone uh, like like the, like the Paramore singer or anything like that. She has a a, a more confined range, but she can belt out some notes. I think they mm-hmm. are. An incredibly talented young band, uh, like genuinely cannot wait for album number two. Uh, I think it's, they're one that I would like, and they're another band that did like a live in studio session and they sound exactly like they sound on CD live. I mean, it sounded yep. absolutely fucking immaculate. Um It's a great album. Once again, weird album cover. It's a hairy hand walking across a pink background. For no reason at all, don't understand it, don't understand it. But yeah, just like infectious melodies that you will sing for days after listening, brilliant production. And I love how they've got little elements, of some electronics that come in, like your kind of genre does, but they're used in clever Mm -hmm. ways. And then they are not scared to just throw in big slabs of funk um, into their music. And that, to me, is where they really... Sean, I I think the description was Poppy Jane, and I think that's maybe maybe a disservice yeah. to them because there's so much more in the mix uh, mm-hmm. for me. It's like, it's a great album. It will be continually played, um, like well beyond this year. It's just one of those yeah. ones that to me is an instant. I will reach for when I just fancy feeling good about myself. So Sordid Pink yeah. with Sordid Pink at number seventeen.
0: Nice, it's a cracking album. Actually, um, it's a it's a very. Um safe album to play in the car for me as well Um, I I don't tend to get to play a lot of Cannibal Corpse or Decapitated in the car when I'm in with my wife or my kid Mm -hmm. Um, but Sword Pink seems to kind of fit in quite well Um, yeah it's a cracking album Uh, number 16 Um, number 16 for me (laughs) it's getting serious Uh, 16 for me is Loathe I Let It In and It Took Everything I will
1: just tell you Dave, I have um,
0: this album much higher. <laughs> yes. But you already know that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, firstly, I, I was, when I first heard this, the first time I heard it, I was super surprised to hear they were from Liverpool. Like I was not expecting yeah. that at all. I knew nothing about them when I heard it for the first time. And then when I, I did a bit of research, I was like, what? Look, this can't be the same bad. <laughs> Liverpool? No. <laughs> I was a hundred percent certain they were from America. Yeah. Um, completely wrong. Um, they, when I went back and I listened to a lot of their old stuff, they've always been a pretty kind of heavy band. Um, they've always had a very kind of progressive metal kind of feel with them. You know, it's got a bit of kind of jet in there. There's a bit of metal core in there as well, um, and they they tend to lean on that kind of the detuned bottom string to deliver those big kind of crushing moments in their tracks. Um, but I think uh, where I let in and it took everything took them to the next level is the songwriting on this album. Um, You can really hear them start to go much deeper on those kind of more melodic experimental parts of their sound. And they always had that um, in their previous albums, but there is much more of a presence on this release. Uh, that kind of, like we mentioned it when we spoke about them before, that kind of Deftones-esque. <laughs> it's d- very ledge. difficult to Almost, avoid it. It's like there I know, are is, yeah. sections that are... The elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah,
1: there are sections on this that if you close your eyes and we're out of context are Deftones. Like it's like, yeah. it is yeah. a, I said that at the time, it is a more tones album at times than the new Deftones album. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. So yeah. Totally I, I agree. I saw, I saw the singer be uh, interviewed... Uh, to talk about the impact of, of uh, the re-release of White Pony, um, mm-hmm. and he did this whole video talking about like the impact Deathtones had on him as a vocalist and his band, mm-hmm. and I was like, no shit, Sherlock! Uh, <laughs> like it's on the, it's on your fucking, and it very much like yourself. I went back and checked the older stuff, and it's not as prevalent. So it's like the no. full who just went, you know, we're doing it this, this thing, which was yeah. the ongoing joke for me last year. Is it was like last year, everyone became a Deftones fan. Like if you were in yeah. a band, it was okay. Enough time has expired since White Pony to, to do stuff that is Deftones influenced, but
2: yeah.
1: it, it works with their sound. It shouldn't work as totally. well as it does with the more chaotic parts, but
0: surprisingly, it yeah. works with the like, They almost put an almost... A kind of shoegazy type spin on it. Yep. Um, it's really nice. It's really well blended in their sound. I really and it's like kind the way of team sleepy together. as well. Which once yeah, again, yeah, talking yeah. Chino, uh, it has those team
1: sleep elements uh, that that kind of that work. And once again, it shouldn't fucking work because <laughs> you go from <laughs> the, him doing those huge like the the bits and all the the kind of shoegazy yep. stuff, and then they hit you with the most disgusting sounding fucking riff you've ever heard. <laughs> when the next song kicks in, it's chaos. Um, So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's a bit higher, Dave, on my list. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I suspect we'll be hearing more about this album later (laughs) on. I think we might be talking Uh, about
1: this one later. Uh...
0: Yeah, yeah, I've really enjoyed it, though. I think, by far, it's the the best released uh, to date. and Well worth checking out if you like any of the styles or bands we've mentioned uh, so far. But that's my number 16, Loathe. I let it in and it took everything. Great album title as well.
1: Yep. I see your... UK English band and I raise yeah. you a UK English band as my number 16, <laughs> okay, Svalbard, yeah. with When oh, I Die Will I Get nice. Better, which also has a great fucking album title. Um, and yeah. yeah, like this one uh, it came out during that whole turmoil with the record label, um mm. which you informed me about, and I was like, that the what what? <laughs> and it kind of looked like that this album might not get released, um, because there yeah. was a lot of issues uh, and our good friend um, and, and publicist Lisa out there at Hold Tight uh, was doing, I, th- I think she was doing, is She did Did she do the press for them or was it the press for the label? She was involved somewhere in something. I can't remember. She was um, She was tweeting about it. And um, oh yeah. you had to explain what all the, 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 the kind of fire sale drama was. Um, and then you were like that, yeah, we've got this album in, but we don't know if it's going to be released or not. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's like over. Svalbard. A nice Norwegian-sounding album, Dave. <laughs> um, totally got the wrong part of the the, the world, as I will do. Uh, mm. It's fucking great. It's really, it's dark. Um, it's another album that is surprisingly heavy, but offsets the, the kind of melodic stuff really, 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 really well. Love the production on it. The productions, mm. once again, it's another kind of raw, earthy kind of sound, but there's a lot going on in the songwriting. And yeah. I, I, there's a theme through a lot of the stuff that I like gravitated towards and kind of was like that in any other year, you might not be in the top 20, but the, 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 the overall package and how this sounds elevates it. So I don't think, that yeah. I don't think the album is flawless front to back, but when I listen to it, there are moments where the hair on the back of my neck stands up. I find it really, mm. really like uh, haunting in parts. Uh, yeah. and it, it got that sort of emotional reaction for me that mm. when it came down it, i was like you know what there's no way there's no way i'm gonna have my list here and not have them on it and when i checked back on the old itunes to see how many times i listened to it this one mm. actually bet out an album which i uh, had to drop uh because i rated that album higher than svalbard but i've listened to svalbard mm-hmm. more so um that to Ooh. me by almost double so i was like yeah svalbard's making its way number 16 it's a fucking great album does my yeah. heart good to know that they're in the uk um mm-hmm. and a band that are on the list for i need to see them live because i think they'd be really fucking good like really really yep. good get them in a tuts yep. and a uh, whoo dave whoo
0: <laughs> that'd be the tits
1: yeah yeah so number 16 svalbard when i die will it get better
0: nice um, we're going to take a, a short break. We're going to play a little track for you just to give you a little breather from our top 20. Um, and our next track comes from a Norwegian melodic grindcore band called Beaten to Death.
1: I'm so glad Kyle um, is here to do the Norwegian for us. Oh, that's right. <gasps> Kyle is not here to. Do. The only thing I'm he brings Kyle. to this podcast, out uh, with the fact that we can use his Discord channel and, <laughs> you know, he, he has like a better knowledge of music production than we do. And, you know, he he seems a bit posher than we do. He can enunciate better than us. Uh, The only other thing he brings to this show, apart from his very large penis, which he sends us pictures of all the fucking time. I mean, it's like...
0: It's it's true, ladies. There's only
1: so much horse cock I can see, Kyle. Please put it away. Uh, For the love of Jesus, I'm now blind in one eye. The only other thing he brings to this show is he's Norwegian. And uh, Dave told me just before... rep record that um yeah this this uh, this EP is is in very easy to speak Norwegian, yeah. Yeah
2: no
0: not at all uh, <laughs> they uh, they just put out a new EP on December 24th, mm-hmm. um which is available on their Bandcamp page, which is beaten to Um as it I would try and pronounce the EP title, but it's in Norwegian. Uh, So normally I would have handed over to Kyle to do this But he is not here So you're just going to have to take my word for it Um, They have, I think it's four tracks on the EP Uh, I'm going to play track number two from the EP It's called Rectal Dark Ages And uh, we'll be back right after this If you want to check out the band, it's facebook.com forward slash beaten to death and be sure to head over to their Bandcamp page to check out that new EP. It's fucking awesome. Okay, moving on to number 15, Duncan. Uh, My number 15 is Alpha Wolf, A Quiet Place to Die. Hashtag twinsies. (laughs) Really? <laughs> yep. Number fifteen, Alpha Wolf, A Quiet Place to Die. Number fifteen, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> this one kind of slowly crept into my top twenty over the year. Um, I I, I really enjoyed it on first listen, and when we reviewed it, we were both like pretty high on the album.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I initially I thought it wouldn't make my top twenty because. It's not necessarily anything I haven't heard done before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, they're a metalcore band with a kind of new metal meets hardcore kind of spin on, on metalcore. Um, but uh, it's done so fucking well. I, I just, <laughs> I couldn't not include it. And when I look back, kind of like yourself, what you are saying earlier, I look back at like my most listened to albums in 2020. This was really fucking high up the list. Yeah. It just has, it's got riffs for days. <laughs> <laughs> the production is smoking hot so good it's memorable as fuck yeah. it's so memorable as an album um it's what i would class as, a, as i can imagine a really good pit album mm. like where you just like when you want to throw it on when you just want to break some shit um i yeah i just i really like this album um I've, I've listened to it fucking loads throughout the year since we reviewed it um and i just i couldn't not put it in my top 20 um yeah so alpha wolf is my number 15
1: Yeah, I've doubled down with what you said. I want to say it was the second podcast we did. Um, Since returning to doing reviews, we played an advanced uh, single from Mm -hmm. Alpha Wolf. I remember, I can't remember, Akadama or something. I can't remember the name of it. Mm -hmm. I probably just made that up. Uh, (laughs) And I remember listening to it at that point and going, where are these guys from? This is fucking bitching. Um, And then they released like about three singles from it. Mm. And every single one sounded different, but you can yeah. clearly tell they were the same band. And we mm-hmm. did the reaction video, um, right. yeah, which, yeah. you know, like we were like, this is fucking brilliant. And then the album dropped and it was everything I wanted it to be. Uh, mm-hmm. And that review, I was a bit higher on it at that point than you. And yeah, mm-hmm. very much like yourself, it's just been played to death for me. Um, I'm, I'm not sick of it at all. It's, it's fucking awesome. I'd like genuinely, is, this is... This is the sort of stuff that makes me happy because they are playing a style of music like you said that isn't new, isn't remarkable, mm. but they are doing it so well and so confidently. And they, they understand layers in depth, uh, yeah. like really, really well. A lot of those kind of. Because there are gentier elements in there and it does have that Mm -hmm. kind of really, really disgustingly heavy tone and those dark melodies that come through it. And there is a bit of new metal. There are plenty of bands that do that sort of stuff, but it's all surface and no depth. And what Alpha Wolf have is depth for days. Uh, Mm. Some of those songs really take you on these really dark kind of journeys that I enjoy listening to before hitting you with just... Like pummeling riffs, like the the guitar, the guitarist has a sound which is ungodly, and some of his <laughs> riffs are just d- designed for pit mayhem. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm with you 100. Number 15 for me, Alpha Wolf, a quiet place to die. Turns out the
0: Australians can still do metal. Hey, <laughs> seems so. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, moving on to number 14. My uh, number 14 is. Skeletal Remains, The <laughs> Entombment of Chaos.
1: Almost. That was the um, that was the album that Svalbard bet out. <laughs> oh, really? It's the only death metal album on my <laughs> on my list. Well, the only out-and-out death metal band. There are elements of death yeah. metal on here, but the only out-and-out, unashamedly, and I really wish it had been in. I, I think it's the one that I was so excited about.
0: Like, when we listened to yeah. it, I was just like, this is fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But why was it yeah. amazing, Dave? Well, you know what? Sometimes you just want an album that does what it says on the tin, Duncan. And Skeletal Remains just deliver the goods. It's old-school death metal done extremely well. Um, The riffs are tight, they're visceral, the drums are pummeling, and the vocals are everything you want from a death metal vocalist. It it sounds like he's been gargling broken glass, basically. (laughs) Um, I don't think any death metal fan would regret listening to this at all. It's no um, thrills. To me. You know what I mean? No. It's like a no absolutely. thrills. This is
1: our influences. Look at them on our sleeve and we're gonna give you exact look at the look at the artwork. You think you know yep. how it sims and then you switch on, and you're like, yeah, that's exactly how it sounds. I love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, I think further down the line, I think this album, it could be a modern classic. Mm-hmm. I actually think like, you know, give it another three, four years, people look back at this album going, that was a fucking stunning album. Um, it's, it's intense, it's like a, just a, a sonic assault for like almost 50 minutes long. Mm. Um, and even though it is like old school death metal, it, it doesn't come across, it didn't come across to me anyway, like like a one-dimensional album it's either. Not um, it's not derivative. It's not
1: derivative of the bands that are clearly influencing them at all. They put their spin on it and I think that's what... Yeah. I, it it seems surprisingly yeah, I mean, refreshing for an album which clearly... Like I say, it wears its adherer influences. Like if you yep. if you grew up listening to that nineties death metal, look, it's all there, but they put their own thing on it and it works.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the album it constantly changes, you know, the paces change, the rhythms change throughout, which kind of stop it from becoming repetitive or kind of boring in any kind of way. Um, I think for me this is a must listen. If you like death metal, you must check this album out. Um it slaps, as they say. <laughs> Never heard that. And, before. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what that means.
1: It's on um, Fleet, Dave. Uh, so it's on we'll, fleet. Just, we'll just make up words.
0: Uh, That's my number fourteen. Skeletal remains. The entombment of chaos.
1: Number fourteen for me. Uh, it was another one of those ones I was very excited to hear, um, and then it arrived, and it was chunky and. <laughs> huge, and it's an album that dares to put the same song on twice, but with different guest vocalists. <laughs> uh, this is Ghost Kid and Ghost Kid. And I yeah. I still don't understand why they did it. I, I'm, like, I've not read anything anywhere that's explained why, uh, mm. but their This Is Not Hollywood track is on twice with two different guest vocalists. And it's just like, I still... I'm still doubling down on my theory that they booked one guy who didn't show up and then (laughs) they had to book someone else and then the first guy showed up a couple of days later and they're like well we can't turn them away we may as well just record again which one do we pick? (laughs) we'll put them both on Um, yeah it's fucking this is a great album this is an absolutely great album once again produced to perfection
2: it's
1: chunky as fuck like huge sounding so fucking heavy amazing choruses um, great riffs catchy as fuck,
2: hmm.
1: uh, you know, it's and it's very goth Yeah, you know, In a world where, you know, this guy used to be in um, Eskimo Cowboy who have the most cheesy 80s song ever written uh, last <laughs> year, um, this is like the, the, the goth kid equivalent uh, and I, I kind of love it for yeah. that. It's It's a fucking storming album. Another one where I imagine... You toured this album, you've got the crowd eating it the palm of your hand, all the way right through it. It's yep. fucking great.
0: For uh, a debut kid. as well. Yeah. Like, what I, fuck?
1: <laughs> And you're like that. He, I wrote it himself. And I was like, what? I wrote yeah. it himself. A couple of guys come in and do some things, but he primarily wrote it yep. himself as ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So. Absolutely end, is.
1: Oh, Number 14, Ghost Kid and Ghost Kid. Or if Kyle was nice. here, he would say Ghost Kid, because that seemed to be an <laughs> issue. Yeah was like, oh, movies. Ghost Kid. And I was like, I'm just gonna call it
0: Ghost Kid because I'm it's Scottish as fuck. <laughs> Scottish uh, as fuck. Number 13 mm-hmm. is Misery Signals and Ultra Violet. Oh
2: man, I wish. Um, I wish I could have had it in my twenties. I just
0: have a <sighs> <laughs> I I just have huge love for this band. Um Firstly, returning after seven years with their original vocalist and delivering an album as strong as Ultraviolet just shows what kind of calibre of band misery signals are. Um Of Malice and the Magnum Heart is still this day one of my favourite albums. And it's an album that I think has held up extremely well for for being released almost what seventeen years ago, mm-hmm. something like that. Um Ultraviolet, um whilst it's it's not quite at that level, um, I think it's damn close. Um, it has all the misery signals elements that you'd expect, but it sounds more refined and more mature. Uh the return of Jesse Zaraska was, I think, monumental in this album. His vocal tone is exceptional. Um, a very distinctive voice, whether it's like, whether he's doing visceral screaming or, or it's the kind of more melodic se- segments throughout the album. Um, stunning voice. Um, it has a great balance. You know, it has it has that kind of progressive metalcore heaviness, um, but also has this kind of uplifting, melodic, hardcore kind of melody to it that kind of it's kind of held all together with a really strong production. Um, I just think everything is, is so well executed on this album. Nothing feels... Uh, out of place or overused or misused, um, and I suppose that kind of shows us the level of their kind of maturity and songwriting that they're at now. Um, I'm just ecstatic that they're back, to be honest, uh, and I'm excited to hear what they do next. I just hope it's not seven years from now. <laughs> um, so that is my number thirteen, "Misery Signals" and "Ultraviolet."
1: It's a great album.
0: It's a it's a it's a
1: it's a, st- it's a stunning album, um, and yeah, very much like yourself, I hold that debut in such high regard that the fact they yeah. can come back and do what they did with it is, you know, like a lot of bands reform or bring back original lineups and you hear it and you're like that. There was a reason you kind of stopped being that lineup. And yeah. in the case of their one, I'm like that. Why did you ever go your separate ways? And no, yeah. like, no offense that the stuff in between is great, but it's just not yeah. as good as that. So yeah. um, my number 13 uh, mm. was a late entry. It was a very late entry, Ooh, uh, but intriguing. it, it kind of rocked my world when it came in. We had glowing reviews about this when we reviewed it. Um, the another UK band, Don Walker, with A G S.
0: Oh, Don Walker!
1: It's a fucking great album. It's like a, phenomenal. A, it's a scarily good album in that it's yep. another primarily one one guy I think it was, or like it's like a very small... Yeah,
0: kind of. he's, he's There's one guy that's kind of the, the brainchild of it, yeah.
1: yeah and what a brain that guy has. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it is a very eclectic sounding album. There is a lot going yeah. on in it, but it doesn't feel sporadic in any way. It feels methodically planned out, and yep. that's to its credit. Uh, there, are, there are bands out there that throw everything against the wall to see what sticks, and in this... Case this guy's thrown everything against the wall and it's all stuck. Um, yeah. I just you know I, I, it's another one that is aided by its production, um, takes mm. its time and I, it's very very confident to let riffs play a bit longer than they should work but work fine on this release. Um, yeah. The you know the vocals are terrific and uh, yeah it's it's one that the uh, there are elements here of this kind of almost kind of cultish kind of foxy not operatic but has that kind of spacey feel of like theater that they bring in yeah. and then there are these moments that are just disgustingly heavy so he <laughs> just it just manages to encapsulate it all in the release yeah and it's one that you know got played more and more and more and then we reviewed it and we were both glowing of it and it's just mm. never really stopped it's an album that i play like once a week and have done since it yeah. came in and I probably will continue playing it. Cause it's just, there's yeah. a. I I think the more you listen to it, the more you're rewarded as well. Cause like every time I listen to it, there's a, another bit in another track where I'm like, oh no, that's actually really, really clever. I can't believe it's taken yeah. this long to notice it. And then on the <laughs> yeah. next listen, I'm like, ah, uh, see what they did with the drums. There's really, really, really smart. I like how they've kind of changed things up and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it constantly delights. So yeah, number 13 for me, unlucky for some, unless your name is Don Walker with their album uh, like, ages. <laughs> nice.
0: Um, okay, number 12 on my list is Ulcerate, Stare Into Death and Be Still. A nice, cheery,
1: uh, upbeat, happy, send <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah.
0: And another standout Death Metal release in mm-hmm. 2020. Yes, there were a few of them. <laughs> um, but, uh, for me, uh, Ulcerate's new release was in the kind of top tier of those releases. Um, this is like when i heard this for the first time i just thought this is like a master class in technical death metal that will not only tear you a new arsehole due to its heaviness <laughs> but it will also it will also it kind of shows how like effective atmosphere and mood can be in such an extreme sounding release mm. um and like when i say atmosphere this isn't something they just kind of flirt with on this album they are fully committed to the atmosphere on this album um it plays like a like a pivotal role in making this release like a vortex of i don't know suffocating brutal dissonance but um with endlessly kind of shifting structures and and loads of kind of dark atmosphere yeah Um, it's a very kind of unpredictable album um it's quite um it's quite angular um, in its delivery. You never quite know like what's coming next, um, but when it does, it hits you like a ton of bricks. Um, and for this just to be a trio, like how the f-
1: I know the- a three nuts.
0: piece <laughs> makes this noise, like what the fuck? That just impresses me even more. Um, I think it's the best that Ulcerate have ever ever sounded. Um, but they're also a band that will continue to push themselves, which Kind of excites me to think like, what are they going to come away with next? It'll just, it's going to blow my mind a little Um But I love this album. It's definitely one of the best death metal or technical death metal uh, releases I heard in twenty twenty, uh, and I should urge you to check it out. Uh, Ulcerate and Stare to Death and Be Still is my number twelve.
1: They use atmosphere like Will Haven use atmosphere.
0: Yes, you know what I mean. Yes Where it just it's like instantly yeah.
1: you listen to it and you're just like, why do I feel like I'm about to be stabbed? like <laughs> 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 what the fuck is going on? Like someone's behind you wearing a mask with a dagger, and like all the way, like yeah. I don't know how they do. Don't know how they With you, I, I, I felt uneasy listening to it when you recommended it way yeah. back uh towards the start of the year. I was just like, "What the fuck? Why does Dave hate me?" um So uh, to go from that to my pick, which is an album which isn't like that at all. Uh, my number twelve. I fucking love this album. I have spoken about this almost every given opportunity. Uh, it is up there as maybe one of the most played albums for me this year. Uh, we we spoke about it in the top 10 episode where it just made my top 10 and sadly was just pushed out a little bit. Uh, Abrams with Modern Ways. Oh, I think yep. this album is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Never heard of these guys before. And then they brought an album which is catchy. Is heavy. It's it kind of has a kind of throwback nineties kind of vibe. Like there's there are bits of like almost kind of grunge, but it's not grunge. If you know what I mean. There's there's elements in there yeah. that, that that shouldn't work with their sound, but but really does. Um, mm-hmm. Vocally, I think it's. I think the vocalist has got this really kind of smoky tone that I really like. There's you know just a bit of gravel behind it. But he's not screaming or shouting. Um, yeah. The hooks are brilliant. It, it is the the earworm of an album for me. I still go around singing it and I've played it to death. I think. Yeah. I feel so sorry for them because they're not on a big label and their album came out right at the start of COVID. Um, so they've not really done anything. Uh, so you don't, yeah. like, don't see there's no music videos for them or anything for this release, probably because the money's not there for it. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that this isn't the death of them, uh. Because like they have a big fan in me now. I, as one that is just, it just keeps getting played. I keep playing it, and I keep well, uh, I, I, you know, playing it right through. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's really fucking good. Really, really good. And another one of those ones I rem, I distinctly remember us sitting way back at the start of the year and talking about what we've been listening to in the last month and me going, oh yeah, Abrams with this album, Modern Ways. And I'm yeah. sure I'd said, I couldn't remember if it was something you'd recommended or where it had come from. And I uh, just got like that, listened to it loads. And uh, mm. this last week, and then to see it then appear in my top 10 list and then by the time the top 20 it comes out, with the stiff competition that's come out, for it still mm. to be in or around that 10 mark, um, yeah, uh, as a testament to them, they're fucking great. So, Abrams Modern yep. Ways
0: twelve, awesome. Okay, number eleven. Uh, my number eleven album of twenty twenty is Code Orange. Hashtag uh, Twinsies. Under- <laughs> yes, <laughs>
2: three,
0: four, three. Um, Code Orange underneath. Man, this is. Um, this is. I suppose this is like the. The epitome of growth, really. Um mm. this band have taken like their previous styles and, and formulas, I suppose, and kind of turned it up until the fucking knob has broken off. <laughs> um like and no one likes a broken knob, Doug No know one what I mean? likes but, a broken mo- knob, no. <laughs> but um underneath sounds like everything you'd want from an album in 2020. It's like heavy as balls. It is daring, it's hooky, it's accessible Mm -hmm. um and it's elevated code orange to a whole new level in my opinion um as accessible as this album is it's not to the detriment of the band um they haven't diluted their sound in any way shape or form i feel like they've just kind of grown as a band uh, and it sounds great um the production is also bang on the money one of my favorite productions uh, of 2020 it complements their style so well it captures them at their heaviest um when they are delivering that kind of kind of snarling kind of hardcore edge but also when they're being more experimental um like those kind of you know the kind of more nine inch nail style electronics and mm-hmm. melodies um then followed up with that live stream which um which you're still uh, on about <laughs> i'm still on about they, they made me sign up for fucking twitch just to watch the bastard thing. Um, <laughs> And I've never used it since, but um, it was it was a, a real highlight in 2020. Um and watching that um the live stream just made me even more excited to see them live because they just put on a show and a half. Um I can't wait to see what these guys do next. Um I'm sure they're gonna push it to the next level because it, you know, everything they do is next level, you know what I mean? They just take it that step further. Um, but I just thought everything they've done on this was just superb. I loved it. Um and it's my number eleven.
1: It's also my number eleven. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the sort of album that makes you look at a band and go, "Did you just level up? Like, yeah. like across the board? Like the? Mm-hmm. the I always kind of considered Code Orange to be like a, a small sweaty club band. Yeah. And then I listen to this and I'm like that. Oh, you're like, you're like. You a much bigger venue now. You you've went from playing yeah. to a hundred sweaty kids to like a venue that can hold anywhere from two thousand to five thousand people comfortably. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And they seemed they did it the right way. I think that's I think what I, I've read very few articles of anyone saying that Code Orange have sold out. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. because it's been yeah. a gradual organic growth to them. All these elements yeah. that are in here have been added. And other bits have just refined it, tweaked it a little bit. And like you say, the production helps a lot. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an incredibly accessible... Uh, album that shouldn't be accessible at all it's very oxymoronic that way but it's, it's so it's so good and it's another one that has been played to death for me uh i, I keep yep. coming back to and i'll be honest with you i wasn't the biggest code orange fan before i was a kind of mm. casual fan and that I had yeah. a couple of tracks on different albums that i would listen to um mm. but not like a full album with any degree of kind of regularity and this one's been played through and through and through and will be played through and through and through again yeah i think it's i think it's really good i think code orange are one of these we're constantly as a group of fans, music fans looking for the next big things, and Code Orange are one of the first bands I've heard in a while when I'm like, that. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, I mean, given time and given another rung of albums which follow this trajectory, you're talking, you know, main, main stage at a festival and starting to work your way up that way. I think they have it in them. So it's a mm-hmm. great fucking yep. album. So number 11 for me, yep. also Code Orange and Underneath.
0: Hashtag okay. In. Um, before we get into our top 10s so we're going to play another new track for you um and our next track of the podcast comes from a band i've been following for quite a long time um they are a band called black sheep wall Um they are a heavy band.
1: as fuck That's <laughs> <laughs> what they are <laughs>
0: Yeah, the name says it all. Um, they are a sludge band from uh, California, I think. Um, they they went on a bit of a kind of hiatus about five years ago, roughly something like that. Um, they had a bit of kind of turbulence um, between the band, but they are now back and they are ready to unleash their fourth album, which is called "Songs for the Enamel Queen." Um, it will be released on February 26th via Silent Pendulum Records. Uh, The album was engineered, mixed and mastered by Daniel Bronstein, who has worked with Volumes and Spirit Box at DB Music Studios. And the artwork for the album was done by Jeff Rogers, who has worked with the band on uh, previous albums. Um, The first single is called Concrete God. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm going to play it for you right now. No further description required. Uh, (laughs) Uh, This is Black Sheep Wall and Concrete God. We'll be back right after this. you go um that was black Sheep wall and concrete god um the album is available to pre-order over at silent pendulum records.bandcamp.com and there are also a limited amount of pre-orders available for a uk exclusive exclusive vinyl variant through um evil greed which you can find at evil greed.net and if you want to check out the band head to facebook.com forward slash black Sheep wall band uh, check those guys out. High recommendation from me. Uh, really looking forward to hearing the new album in February. Okay, number ten, Duncan. Yes, my number ten is La Fin and the Endless Inertia. Um, <laughs> I I love little gems like this. Mm-hmm. Um, those bands that. You had no idea existed. And they come out of nowhere and just drop an audible bomb like the Endless Inertia. Um, if you've never heard of them before, they are an Italian post metal band. Mm-hmm. And this album had been kind of brewing for about four years, um, but they had been kind of touring with bands like uh, Devil Soul the Soul, which we played in the podcast earlier. Uh, Death Heaven and also trap them, so they were kind of like making a name for themselves in the in the live scene. Um, but I think uh, my one of my favourite things about uh, this album was the three pronged attack from the guitars. That's right, three guitarists. Um, but although that sounds ridiculous, they use those three guitars so well. Um, they create these like layers of different textures and atmospheres and different melodies, and they're very rarely all doing the same thing, um, which kind of makes this album such an interesting listen. Um, But for those moments where they do come together, it's just, like, crushingly Mm -hmm. heavy. Um, We reviewed this um, on YouTube back in October, I think it was, um, and there was nothing but good things to be said about this album from all three of us. Um, It's just over 50 minutes long, but it's one of those albums that will take you on a bit of a journey throughout that 50 minutes, um, and it keeps you completely engaged the whole time. Uh, if you like your post metal with a a little extra dose of kind of progressive metal in there as well, uh, if you like bands like Cult of Luna or The Ocean, Isis, uh, even there's little bits of like textures in there as well, um, then I'd recommend checking this one out. Um, it's a fantastic, fantastic release from a band that deserved to be on more people's radars. Um, that's my number 10 La fin and The Endless Inertia
1: I will be speaking about it later because it is slightly higher on my list uh, excellent <laughs> yeah I totally agree though. Uh, number 10 for me and much to Dave's dismay but pff, told you she'd make the 10 David boy <laughs> the Grammy is, is trending uh, as we speak uh, Poppy I disagree now you may want to throw some shade at me I'm just going to say that Mm. Loudwire, the metal publication, named Poppy their Artist of the Year. Um, Mm. And we're talking about how great a year that she had. Um, She did have a great year. I mean, there's no getting around it. She had a great year. Poppy is the only artist I know where my, like... universally in the McLeish household everyone listens to uh, <laughs> but we all listen to different albums by poppy so i'm right. listening to i disagree um mm-hmm. my daughter is listening to the computer album she did in like 2017 and my wife is listening to the bit in between where she's starting to go a little bit metally, but she's not quite committed and she's kind of in between mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah i disagree is a fucking great album i like i front to back just a great album. The weird thing about this is, this is a conversation we were having back in January. Uh, <laughs> like we wrote that. Have you checked out this album? Yes, I have. And interestingly, Dave, I listened to it yesterday. Oh, well, I've been listening to it. Um, it's just, it's, it. I mean, it's. We have to stress it's not necessarily poppy, which makes this out. Al- Poppy's the the vehicle in which this is being sold, and it's a very clever, Mm -hmm. very shrewd marketing tool. And I'll give her this. If she is writing her lyrics, which I hope she is, I really like her lyrics. I think they're clever. They speak to, I think... There's a bit of me too in there. There's a bit of specifically the the time that she was having with her previous producer, who were who was marketing her a specific way, and it's kind of her moving in a different direction. And there's there's very clever lyrical hooks in there about her talking yeah. about how she was marketed before, how she wants to be marketed now. This idea of how a record, how the record industry looks at someone that looks like her, and how they're going to market that, and it's all about body and type, than it is about what she's saying and uh, and her intellect mm-hmm. but it's really an album that is the kind of birth child of three three metal producers who have produced ever loving and fuck it of this album and that's <laughs> the bit that i love this is daring it's weird it owes a lot to certainly owes a lot to something like um baby metal for sure but there are elements in here we mentioned shoe gauge shoegaze earlier on there's kind of shoegazy stuff in here there's out and out like year zero nine inch nails electronics kicking off here there's a a, a swath of you know bits of Marilyn Manson in here there is you know these weird electronics that kind of just loop in and out Um, and then they have the balls to drop some Brian May-esque Queen guitar solos and and it works (laughs) all of it works like it's it's an album that once again should not work and should make me want to hand my metal card in at the front door uh but i i i'm I, i've never like so openly rooted for an artist in my entire life even though from a distance i can see that this is this is totally the market machine at work here this is mm. this is an album made by like people that clearly have a very, very, very shrewd idea of how we're gonna pitch this. Um and for the same reason I like Baby Metal, which is a is a manufactured band. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, where they're like that we we've we've done auditions, these are our three girls and these mm-hmm. this is the band. And you know, this band is a dime a dozen in Japan. However, if we put these three girls in here, it's what makes us stand out different. Poppy's exactly the same. The thing that I would kind of lean back on is she had a career before she did this. Yeah. If anything, moving to metal doesn't ensure a bigger career. Actually, she was probably going to be more famous where she was. And there's no guarantee she's going to stick doing metal. Like, if you listen yeah. to the trajectory, very much like a Madonna or a David Bowie, every, every release is a different version of her. And even mm-hmm. that horrible EP that come out since the Scream EP, which is just a, like a ch- fucking bunch of noise. It really is just a, a, a bag of noise. To me, <laughs> makes me wonder if that's her starting to move away. And maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. And if it is, fucking fair play to her. Um, the live stuff I've seen of her looks nuts. Um, and I would, I'd have a ticket to go and see her. I think it's a great album. Um, and I'm fully aware that everyone who is, like, wearing a denim jacket with a fucking motorhead, you know, patch, sewed in the back, thinks that Poppy's the Antichrist and you're bringing down metal, but they've said that about every group that dares to mix a bit of pop in here. She does it right, though. So, uh, yeah, I fucking love it. I disagree, Poppy at number 10. That's my Poppy rant. Over. Uh, All the (laughs) reviews from now on will be shorter.
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm not surprised to see it in your top 10. I'm only surprised that it's not higher on your list, to be honest, because you were obviously so high in it pretty much. Whenever it's the most see, it was played like... album
1: for me this year.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, that's no joke. It's, according to iTunes, I played it more times than any other album that's been released this year. I'm not looking at older albums. Um yeah. And I still don't, I still don't find it boring at all. In fact, I get like I get giddy listening to like the the it's all the production stuff that I think, yeah, nails it. And like I say, it's worth its weight in gold to hear her be interviewed and say, "Yes, I listen to Slayer." You are like you've never fucking heard a Slayer. Shut your <laughs> shut your face, you
0: little bitch! Uh, um, yeah. yeah, I agree with you though. I think I would not be surprised if our next release is just you know the furthest thing away from metal. Like, yeah. not at all.
1: I'll be a grime. I'll be a grime release. I can't wait. Yeah,
0: forget. probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, number nine on my list is Don Walker and Ages. Nice. Um, it's a great album. Um, I think any other year this album could have been top three for me. Um, I was totally blown away by this band, firstly because I'd never heard of them mm. um, and being like from the UK, well, that was a surprise in itself. But secondly, the kind of just the quality of the songwriting, the musicianship and the production are just ridiculously good on this album. As you said before, when you were talking about the Bond Walker, a band that throw a lot of different styles into the mix and like we've heard many a band try and do this and, and fuse all these kind of various styles together but you tend to find that maybe they're only kind of well versed like one or two of those styles it becomes um, distracting quite, almost
1: you know what i mean it becomes yeah, like yeah. you're like why did you put that in there you're not very good at that yeah exactly yeah
0: i yeah, haven't quite mastered it yet but Don walker just come in with this album and just kill it right across every genre they try. They just, you know, whether it's prog or post-rock or black metal or post-metal, bits of hardcore in there as well, they just nail it every single time. Um, it's so well pieced together. It never feels like they're trying to put a, is that, what's it saying, a round peg in a square hole. You know, <laughs> yeah. everything just kind of fits and works. They, the, the way they kind of flow, like seamlessly between these styles and different extremities, it's, it's just a captivating album to listen to. Um, and not only do you get, like, that mix of styles musically, but, like, vocally, you're getting this real kind of mix of different textures and styles as well. And I think the vocals are one of my, like, personal highlights on, on this album. I loved the kind of harsh, almost almost like into black metal territory vocal style, but it's set against the, the kind of melodic tone of uh, Mark Norgate, who's mm-hmm. the kind of, as I said before, the kind of guy behind Don Walker, but... I know there are a couple of other guys in the band who also add in vocals into the mix on ages as well, but it just all works so well together, and it's an album I could just listen to on repeat. It's that good, you know what I mean? It's it's probably not al- an album that I would jump to just listen to one track. It is something that I, I'd like to listen to the whole thing at once. Um, and I, I think I said when we reviewed it, they were one of the more original sounding bands that I heard in 2020. Mm. Um, well, they have like similarities to other artists. They don't really sound like anybody else. Um, but, you know, I, just, I can't wait to hear what they're going to do next. Um, stunning album. Um, if you haven't checked this out, um, do give it a listen. Don Walker or the band and Ages is the album. That's my number nine. Nice. Uh,
1: number nine for me. We reviewed it way back in the early days uh, of this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, and I don't do this with any degree of bias, when you leave a singer in charge of everything, the albums get better, Dave. Uh Catatonia have been on the go for a while. And um, yeah. yeah, like this is the one where the, the singer took the reins, was like, guys, listen, you just take a wee break. It's in a safe pair of hands here. <laughs> and arguably released their best album. Like, I mean, I went back through and I've listened to it. I think this is my favourite album. City Burial is incredible, Uh is the only <laughs> word to describe it. It's a perfect album. Like, front to back. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's atmospheric. The melodies are fucking unreal. This guy is, is the voice of an angel. It really is. If if angels could sing, and I don't know if they actually exist, Dave. That's right, Throne Shade. Um, I think this is how they would sound. His range is fucking nuts. His use of melody is nuts. Uh, and the way mm. they weave it into their songs is... Nuts, yeah. Just uh, like across it is a fucking flawless album. Like and uh, like back then, I was giddy talking about it, and I haven't really lost any of that shine. Once again, it's an album mm. that's been played to death this year for me, yeah. and every time I listen to it, I find as I listen to, I tend to listen to it later at night, and there's there's something very haunting about it, and I I just it's like they've always catatonia has always been on my radar we reviewed them back yeah. in the day and that album yeah. was rated highly from me and i was like these are really interesting band and this isn't yeah. the band that signed road rage um you know what i mean because i'm not that's a welsh band eh? that's not the same band <laughs> they spelt with a c these guys spelt with a k and not the new metal k um but, but like it is it is such A well constructed, well written, like, even well's not the right word, just expertly, like everything is perfect on this Mm -hmm. album, and I don't think they'll ever top it. I think this is their high watermark, and if that is the case, then, I mean, ladies and gents, you, you know, Catatonia, and where was the fanfare for it? I know. I've seen next to no one talk about this album this year. I know. And yeah. I think a lot of that might be COVID related, uh, but I, I genuinely think that it's an album that of, of all the kind of 2020 albums, Catatonia's City Burials is almost a, a mandatory album to yeah. listen to. I think it's, it's one of those ones that if someone asked me to name a couple albums that I had to listen to from last year, uh, even though it's number nine on my list, uh, I would I would actually demand that Catatonia was listened to over some of the ones that are ranked above it. I think it's yeah. that fucking good. I think uh, masterpiece is what I would say. It's their best album, and mm. yeah, uh, you may have it on your list higher. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, I do. Um, number eight. Um, my number eight is Garia and *Limbo*. <sighs> Um, oh, where do you begin, Dave? <laughs> I know, I know. I think, like, had had you said to me 10 years ago that I would be talking about black metal bands being in my albums of the year list, I'd have said, away and don't talk a load of shite. <laughs> um, Slapped me in no. the face
1: and called me a slut. <laughs> I know, it's my fantasy, um, Dave. I keep it there. <laughs>
0: Uh, Last year, my album of the year was Adore by Mm Numenorian, a post-black metal band from Canada. Uh, This year, although it didn't make my number one spot, Portugal's Garia put out, for me, probably the best black metal album of 2020. And yes, I know what you're going to say. It's not fully within... The black metal camp. They um they That's, do kind of yeah. <laughs> they dip their toe in the in and out the waters of the kind of the post black metal and a bit of death metal as well on Limbo. But um for me, that that just increases their, their credibility that because they, they switch between those styles so unbelievably well. And for a band from Portugal, which is well, a country probably more known for its more Mediterranean climate, um they 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 don't give you any of that warmth on on Limbo at all. Um, this is this album is cold as a witch's tit, as I would say. Um, it's not a it's not a, a party animal, a pa- party album, or you know, one to lighten the mood. Um, this is this is bleak and extreme. Um, yet it's an album that's extremely captivating. Um, I think the kind of The the alluring qualities come from a couple of different things. Firstly, I think the the kind of subtle melody and the lead work that's like interspersed throughout this release, I think it's amazing. I think it really sticks in your head after hearing these tracks only a couple of times. And I think it only really kind of heightens the the emotional feel on this album as well. Uh, The other would be the production. Um, It's so good to hear black metal produced in a way that adds depth and power to it rather than that trebly grating shite that you hear <laughs> far too often from the genre. Um, as we've both said before, I, I just can't do the, the underproduced black metal. Um, yeah, the... I understand why they do it, I d- but I, don't, I it don't, doesn't mean I have to like it.
1: I, th- I don't understand. I, I keep coming back to this. To the... the... The modus operandi of any band to make yourself sound unlistenable and then want to be yeah. critiqued on how good a musician you are is 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 counterproductive. I mean, like, the problem with a lot of that stuff is I can't hear what they're playing. I can't make out what you're playing. I know it's fast, um <laughs> but, like, I can't make out where you're... You, like, I... Like, I I don't get it. And then when you hear this and you hear what they bring to the table. Yeah. It's just, it's almost like two different genres, but, um, <laughs> like completely. And, and this is the stuff I'd rather listen to. Uh, but sadly, the death metal, sorry, black metal purists, um, yeah. like, we oh, not black metal. Yeah, neither.
2: <laughs> ah, go
0: yeah, burn I, the church. I thought, uh, <laughs> the, um I thought the production on Limbo was just awesome. I love the tones. I love the overall mix. It just works. Um, like a lot of black metal, it's not a particularly easy listen. It does require a wee bit of stamina, but it's so worth it. Absolutely worth it. Um, if you've even got the slightest, smallest inkling in, in black metal, then I'd give this a listen. Uh, Gary are the band and Limbo is the album. That's my number eight. It's a fucking great album. Absolutely great album.
1: Um Speaking about positive experiences through the form of music, number eight for me, uh, Big Phil Anselmo, and he's <laughs> N minor. When the cold <laughs> truth has worn its miserable welcome out. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, w- once again, we, we do these these blanket statements. If 10 years ago, you told me that Phil Anselmo would do a kind of strip back kind of bluesy dodgy sounding chamber music band i would have oh, like i would have got you to slap me in the face and call me a slut dave because remember that's my fantasy um so i'd like I genuinely like i love his stuff with them i love him yeah. in pantera i love his stuff with it i love i've said it before i've yet to find a phil anselmo project where i don't like I don't like it overall, even if it's in genres of music that I find a bit more abrasive. Um, Mm. But you could tell this is a passion project, the way he was doing interviews about it. He always speaks passionately about his stuff anyway, but Lefactus has been churning in the background for so long, but he finally had the opportunity to do it. And to be honest with you, and we've said this, I think he said like a lot of this stuff dates back to the early Pantera days. Yeah. He didn't have the voice for it then. He has the voice for it now. His voice (laughs) couldn't be any fucking deeper. And it fits it. Fucking perfectly. Um, It's an album that you need to be in the right frame of mind. You need to, you know, this is not a, you know, I'm walking on sunshine, let's just play some (laughs) fun. it's not that sort of album at all. It's a very deliberate album, which has a lot of levels. That's what I like about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's mostly a shady, dark album overall. There's a lot of warmth and positivity in there. But you're in a safe pair of hands with Anselmo guiding you through his melodies. Some of it is um, like akin to spoken word more than anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he hits some of those choruses, which are all really memorable. It's a fucking incredible album. And once again, like to be in a position where... You sit back and you go, oh, is there anything at this point Phil Anselmo can't do? And like, when you hear that news, like, remember we used to joke, oh, Phil Anselmo's starting a black metal band, and I was like, oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Of course, at this point, if Phil Anselmo said he wanted to start the aforementioned grime, he wanted to do a grime album, I'd be in. Like, I, I literally <laughs> have found nothing that this guy hasn't nailed. Um, yeah. It's fucking, It's nuts and then to see him do this year we well sorry last year we saw him do his um Nola 25th anniversary you know recording his live recording and he sounded maybe the best I think I've heard him <laughs> you know I've seen him twice once with dave that he couldn't remember
0: uh, but I'd seen him <laughs> twice he sounded better now than he yeah. did on those tours I think and he's you wouldn't you wouldn't expect it with the way he talks either. Like, no. like this guy's not going to be able shouldn't to sing. It, shouldn't be able to. He's abused no.
1: himself to the point that he almost doesn't have a voice. And then you listen to N Minor and you realise that I think the, the the great ability that Phil Anselmo has as a musician is his ability to adapt. And I think that yeah. he's always been like as Pantera got, you know, progressively heavier his voice adjusted to match that. And it was less the Cemetery Gates for Anselmo and more the Great Southern Kill or Drag the Waters. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of just, he just kept adapting it. And mm-hmm. yeah, N Minor's release is, it's another flawless album, which is just, it's all shade and mood and blues and tones. And yeah, I fucking love it and I'm, I'm over, yeah. over the moon that it made my top 10. So it's number eight for me in minor when the cold truth has worn its miserable welcome out.
0: Okay. Number seven. Um, my number seven is Black Crown Initiate and Violet, Violet Portraits of Doomed Escape. Um, this is a band that, have clearly taken their sound to the next level. Um, they were always a, a, a talented bunch, but, um, and I enjoyed the past releases, um, but this album just hits differently. Um, the songwriting for me is probably the key this time around. Um, everything sounds so much more kind of fluent and more cohesive. There's, there's nothing here that sounds out of place. And that was something on previous albums that sometimes stopped them from going to that next level. Mm-hmm. But, The biggest appeal for me on this album were the hooks. Like musically and vocally, the hooks on this album are gigantic. Uh, The riffs hit harder. They are way more memorable than their previous efforts. And the vocal melodies are just completely on point. Um, I I dare you to listen to this album and not hum one of the choruses afterwards. (laughs) It just can't be done. Not at all. Um, Tracks like like Son of War um, are just phenomenal. The fact... Like this track, the fact they thought to to pair it up, um, pair up like an anthemic chorus on this track with that like hyper speed blast beat, it still blows my mind every time I hear it. You know, <laughs> I just like what, what, who thought of that? Like, and it's it works. Like if you if you'd seen that in paper, like you'd be like, nah, what are you guys doing? But when you hear it, it's just like that's that just fucking genius. And and the album is full of those little nuggets. You know what I mean? Just they make you stop and pay attention to what's happening. Um it's 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 not a perfect album. It's um I think I scored this a four point five out of five. Um I wasn't the biggest fan of the uh Mongolian throat singing in the middle of the album. Um <laughs> although I, I can see I can see why or what they were kinda of going for as a kind of breather type track in the middle, and I can see why they were going that way, but mm-hmm. um aside from that um for me it's it's damn close to perfect um and I think they have got a hell of a challenge on their hands to try and better this album but by the way this album sounds i I wouldn't be surprised if they do manage to better it um, they, they they do seem to be a band that just seems to get better on on every release and, and I thought on this one they really 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 pulled it off. Um it's my number seven. Black Crow initiate violent portraits of doomed escape. It
1: may be on my list as well, Dave. Uh, but oh, not right now. Really?
0: Not right now. Because uh, right
1: now, number seven for me, Deftones Tones with Ohms. Dave, in any oh, other sp- year,
2: mm. Deftones
1: <laughs> is almost an eschewing for me. If Deftones have an album coming out, it's almost a shoe-in it's top three for me. Any year. Yep. I think that speaks to how great this year is because this is not a lesser Deftones album by any stretch of the imagination and that's why it's arrived at the 7th place. This is a fucking great Deftones album. When we spoke about uh, what I remarked on was this is the first album in a few where I felt like everyone gets their moment to shine. Uh, It's an album where absolutely everyone has this pivotal moment where you're like, alright this is the drummer's song, right? this is the guitar hooks are fucking great Chino is... I mean it's worth saying this uh chino like for some reason doesn't do stuff for a while and then there's a new Deftones album and then all of a sudden he's like yes now I will resurrect circles um <laughs> and the, not, Crossy, sorry Crossies. Uh, yeah. in the same in the, in the same fucking as like the Deftones tones album so it's its it's still hot and he's already talking about the next thing and know is he that that crossy's fucking song is
0: I did give it a listen, yeah.
1: So fucking good. It's pretty cool. It's so good, Dave. It's, everything he does is so good. Um, I think he's been joking about doing something with Pams. I'm like, come on to fuck, Chino. Let's just stick with the dev tones for a wee bit. Fuck. Although that Pams releases the tits as well. Um, yeah, this is a fucking awesome album. I, I think what, what kind of stands out for me is its re-listen value is big, for a Deftones album. I mean, Deftones are in my top five bands of all time, uh, mm-hmm. but I go through Deftones phases. So they're not a band I just pick up and listen to like any day. I have to be in a Deftones mood, and when I'm in that Deftones mood, I'm going to listen to them all day. And what was yeah. interesting for me about Ohms is it's just as instant listen, re listen value. It's an album that I spun straight away a second time through when it finished, and I got it. I stayed up to... Well, I say I stayed up. I don't sleep. (laughs) Um, At the midnight time frame when the album dropped, I I think, by the time I was going to my bed, I listened to it three times back through. All the way through. And I I really, really like it. I think at times there are songs in here that are very safely within the, the Deftones sound. I think mm-hmm. the ad elements, which to me remind me of older stuff, it's, uh, I, I think I described it at the time as a kind of weird Rosetta Stone to like their, their like adrenaline release and there's bits of White Pony in there uh, and, you know, there's bits of uh, Diamond Eyes in there and it was like they were mixing all these different elements in, but in a way where they kind of modernised them, updated them and cohesively seemed them all together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like I say any other fucking year this is a top three album for me comfortably a top three album for me but there is six albums above this that i think are better which to me blows my fucking mind (laughs) like blows my mind completely because i should not be saying that so yeah number
0: seven for me deftones and ohms nice uh moving on number six uh, my number six is "Spirit Adrift, Enlightened in Eternity." You
2: know, I did um,
0: make my top twenty, and
1: I, 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 I love it. The thing is, I really like when I'm listening to. It, I really, really like it, and then I forget about it, and then you mention it, and then I'm like, "Oh, I like that album," and I listen to it again. It's a fucking great album. I, I don't, I oh, not connect to, with me the same way it connected with you, clearly.
0: Just <laughs> bangers. That, that's what this album. <laughs> Should have been called. They should have called it bangers, because that's what it consists of. Um, the, f- the fact, the fact that these guys have managed to put out four albums and two EPs since twenty sixteen is nuts. And and release an album of this quality. Tells you them, you. You this yeah, there's only two of them, isn't there? You talk with this, guys, yeah. There's only two of That makes sense. That make sense. It's, it doesn't. Um, they are completely unapologetic about their influences. They wear them clearly on their sleeve. Um and to be honest, if if you'd said to me beforehand, Dave, you need to check this band out, they have a very classic heavy metal sound, you know, <laughs> taking influences from like Maiden and Dio and a bit of ghost and, you know, maybe some doomy tones of like Chemists or Paul i would been like Uh, well, I'm gonna be getting around to listening at some point, but would there be a slap in my face and me being called a slut somewhere in this, Dave? Absolutely,
1: absolutely, I like it. it.
0: (laughs) Give me that time machine, but (laughs) (laughs) turns out I fucking love this album. It's it is a very metal album, and I do that in air quotes. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it knows what it is, and it doesn't give a fuck. It is, it's fun, it's tight as fuck, it's uplifting. And I think it's just brilliantly delivered. I think every song has a different feel. You know, ever it never becomes like a repetitive sounding album or like they've run out of ideas. You know, every track has chorus that you want to sing along to. Um, it's very anthemic, um, and I think it goes to show that you, it's it's not always about being the most technical or the heaviest or the fastest. It's about writing good quality songs that will leave that kind of lasting impression. And that that's what this album does. You know, every time I hear it, it's just stuck in my head and I'm singing, humming, you know, the melodies and stuff from it afterwards. Um, I love it. You know, whenever I'm in the mood for just something that's just going to pick me up and something I just want to kind of sing along to, this is the album I go to. Um, I loved it. Uh, Spirit Adrift is the band and Enlightened in Eternity number 6. All right. Uh, yeah, you've already mentioned this one, so I'm just going to lean into it. Um number
1: 6 for me is Black Crown Initiate with violent portraits of doomed escape. Um yeah, let me just lean into like what you were saying, like it is a, it is an immaculate album like front to back. Yep. And there is a small part of me that feels a little bit guilty that it's not in my top three because, and I hate when people do this, we've done it a lot. In uh, any other year, Dave, any other year, this is a, <laughs> is, any other other year, year. It's a top three album. And what kind of yeah. uh, surprised me about it the most is how much we've referenced it throughout the year, mm. specifically as pertains to other releases. So like that, yeah. when we're listening to something like that, you know who does this better? black crown initiate you know they've got all this stuff you know who does it better black and we kept coming back yeah. to it and i think it's i think it's a testament to how well the album is constructed that we you can hear so much in it because they put so much in it and as a result you can hear bands that are not in the same genre so to speak as them but make those links you know link that you know what they're doing there is very similar to what black crown initiate does over here but yeah. Black Cry Initiate do it better, even though it's only a small part of what they've done on this album. They nail yeah. everything down really, really well. The melodies are stunning. Like absolutely stunning. Uh, see if they want to do an acoustic clean album next, mm. they would nail the fuck at that. Like absolutely yep. nail the fuck at it. With ease. Yep. I mean I like yeah. no doubts at all. Um the mm-hmm. guitar playing is phenomenal. Once again, riffs really creative fun and interesting riffs for days uh drummer unsung hero of this album because he hmm. he's doing As like you see i remember you telling me before i listened to it about the blast beat thing, you were like he does this now listen to me and i was like dave that'll never work and you're like i know it doesn't right but it does and i'm like dave that'll never work and you're like just listen to it trust me and then i listened to it i was like dave this works. Why does it work? Um, <laughs> and then the, there was another band that did it this year, and we were like, "That nah, this is this is the new Death Dones thing, where everyone's just going to do slow riffing over blast beats." I think that happened, yeah. Uh, Can't yeah. remember what it was, but it, it, it works really well. The they are a band who I feel like genuinely found their sound on this release. Like everything, every all those blocks just fit in. Perfectly, yeah. it's like it's like those stories you hear. And this is a sports ball reference. I don't usually make these. Uh, there's that like famous game where Michael Jordan said that he just a man. Every time he threw the ball, the basketball, he just felt the mm. hoop was like six sizes. He couldn't. He couldn't not get in. Like every right. time he threw it, it, just went in. And he was. He, he was in that zone. He wasn't even trying. I think the same about this release. There's nothing in this release that feels like the band are stretching themselves to the absolute limit and that's yeah. the exciting thing for me because I feel they're just now finding their sound and I feel they have plenty left it's like yeah. moving into a, a, it's like moving into a house Steve, and when you first move in you need the kitchen, so the kitchen needs to be and you need a living room and you need your bedroom. And over time, you do up the spare room and you do up the you know, like you start you buy yourself a shed, and you put some tools in the shed, and you slowly you you break out and start making the house more habitable. And that to me mm. is Black Crown Initiate. They've got the, the kitchens decorated, the living rooms decorated, and the, you know the bedrooms decorated. So they are happy, they have a livable space but there's some rooms there that could be decorated and I think on the next album, don't know where I'm going with this, you should have shut this down a while ago. Uh, the band that are listening to this right now, horrified. They're comparing <laughs> our album to a partially decorated house. Um, but there is, I think I think w- that's a, like, I'm very excited to see where they go because they could do anything. That's like, what I'm saying, they could go heavier and it would fucking work. They could go more melodic, it would fucking work. There are so many different ideas and roads that they could take their sound down and I think all of it's going to be bright, I think it is the it is the to me was one of the more kind of shockingly good albums this year and uh, that like if you would once again if you'd said to me even at the start of the year, there's going to be this album by this band Black Crown Initiate. I'm going to spell out all the stuff they do and You're going to be listening to it non-stop when it came out. I don't, I don't think I would have believed you in favour of some of the other ones I knew was coming out this year. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't put it down. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking phenomenal album. So uh, yeah. yeah, number six for me, Black Crown Initiate, Violent Portraits of
0: Doomed Escape. Nice. Um, next one. We are going to take a little break. And then we'll come back with our top five albums of 2020. Uh, I've got another new track to play for you now. Uh, This one comes from um, an Illinois three-piece band called Machina. They have just released a brand new album on January 1st, 2021, called Siege. And it's available now on their Bandcamp site, uh, machinamusic.bandcamp.com and you can download it there Um, the track I'm going to play for you is called Shock Doctrine, it's track number 3 I think from the new album and I hope you enjoy it, we'll be back right after this machina with shock doctrine as i said the album is out came out on the first of january be sure to check it out if you want to check out the band it's facebook.com forward slash machina music okay duncan let's get in to our top five albums of 2020 um coming in at number five <laughs> oh <dear>. <laughs> <laughs> on my list is Cult of Lilith and Mara Um, Fucking hell man Um, This album just Hooks you in from The get go When that harpsichord kicks in On Cosmic Maelstrom I was 100% Sold right at that point Um, They they, they Class themselves as Necro Mechanical Baroque (laughs) Right which at first you think, no, that just sounds fucking ridiculous. But <laughs> after after you hear Mara, he's my favorite transformer.
1: Like, I don't know about you, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, after you hear it, you'll be like, yeah, I mean, I, I love me a bit of Necromechanical, but okay, it's my favorite genre. It it it's just it just fits, you know. I, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it sits, it fits the band so well. Um, The other completely ridiculous thing about Mara is this is the band's debut fucking album. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Bands aren't supposed to be this good on a debut. It's just that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? But Cult of Lilith have managed to pull this off because this album is just phenomenal from start to finish. It's it's such a varied album. Every time I hear it, I kind of hear something else that I never noticed before. Um, And I think that's partly because there's so much going on. You know, each track offers a different tempo or a different set of rhythms and melodies um, for you to kind of get your head around. But once you get to grips with what Cult of Lilith are all about, Mm -hmm. then you can't help but be totally drawn in by them. The the riffs are razor sharp. The, The musicianship is just off the chart. The songwriting is intricate and inventive. You know, they're a mix of like death metal with progressive metal and the little kind of technical elements with that kind of like neo classical tinge it's just genius like and it's executed flawlessly um for me not a single criticism about this album none at all i just loved it from start to finish everything about it um if you if you're looking for you know death metal with something a bit original about it you know something different then look no further than this album cult of lilith uh, from iceland and the album is called mara it's my number five.
1: FYI, I will be speaking about it shortly. (laughs) Uh, Number five for me. You've already mentioned it. It just creeped its way into the old uh, old top ten for you. And that was La Fon. That's Aww. how you pronounce, isn't it? Uh, no, No, laughing. Well, uh, we don't
0: know. laughing. They say I think is... I think I did pronounce it Lafon, but I think when I spoke to the band, they just they, they pronounced pronounce it like we we would normally do in our Scottish accent. So they. I think it is just laughing.
1: We made we made an effort, so it's Lafer. Uh, no, it's laughing <laughs> uh, with endless inertia. Yeah, like a lot of what you basically said about I love me some post metal, Dave. Um, yeah. I I really 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 do I think it's, it's weighty it's deliberate um, it's atmospheric and it's heavy as fuck and La fin have that in speeds um, mm-hmm. never have I been so excited about uh, a post metal album since uh, Vertical by Cult of Luna which that album fucking floored me when it came out and this mm-hmm. gives me a lot of the the same sort of feelings. I think this is one that is just so well crafted. This is con- a con- a concept album as well. I think if Memory serves. I think you were think basically it was, saying yeah. it's um, it's like a single point taken from eight different perspectives yes. or whatever. And I, yeah. I'd like when you described that to me, which was post me listening to it. I was mm-hmm. like that. That totally fucking makes sense. Like it was like you <laughs> literally switched the light on in a dark room for me. I was like, "All oh, right, I, I can see everything now." Um, yeah, I I think this is, is just uh, so fucking good. Uh, I love how heavy it is. I love the quieter moments, um, and then the melody kicks in, and they have these huge kind of saccharine melodies that just work so mm. well. Um, they are incredible uh for a day de- once again we're speaking about debut albums uh incredible i, I, I think they're they're awesome and Italy has a really interesting heritage in metal um hmm. and i think that La Fin are you know a new benchmark for for that for sure uh, they're a band that i mean i i, I find that they covered one of the themes from Twin Peaks. <laughs> like, oh, really? Like like two years ago, it's up on YouTube. <laughs> they just did their interpretation of uh, the Baglametti T Twin Peaks. I think it's the, the Forest Song or whatever it is. I'm a huge Jesus. Twin Peaks fan, and uh, they made it sound like they're the perfect band to do a cover of it because uh, mm. it just has that ominous, fucking huge sound and feel. I, I, they have me in. Like they they're doing. Uh, this is a band tailor made for me. Uh, from start what? to finish and I am as high on the album as I was the first time I heard it and I think I gave this a five and I stick by that five a hundred percent. It's fucking great. So number five for me, Latin with Endless Inertia.
0: Great album. Great album. I really like I was really like twisting myself on that one because this this we're talking about a year where the ocean also released. The ocean a really is not the ocean is not album. and the ocean is a fucking
1: Uh, I said at the time I know you were like "Eh, it's maybe not my favourite that album might be my favourite Ocean album and it did did not just want to stress Poppy's in here because I've listened to it a lot but Poppy's (laughs) in my top 10 and the Ocean isn't the Ocean's not even in my top 20 dude it's crazy man uh, unbelievable Unbelievable.
0: goes to show how good the La Fin album is where the Ocean aren't even in our top 20s it's a cracking album definitely check it out uh okay moving on number four on my list uh, has been mentioned already is catatonia and city burials nice. um as you said like one of the like first reviews we did it was like in the first three i think um for metal epidemic and it was the first five out of five we i think we both gave out yep. uh, on the site and like at the time part of me thought have, have i overshot on this like <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I've got a wee bit too excited, you know. We back in the reviewing saddle; it's been a while, and I was it was a quite a big release for us to get in, you know, so close to the, the website starting. So, like, I often went back to this album throughout the year to see if I still felt the same about it. Um, and I think I said in the review that it was it was like one of the best things that Catatonia had done mm-hmm. to date, which was have a pretty bold statement, um, considering what they've done and accomplished over the years. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Viva Emptiness. Probably it was probably my favorite Cat Tony album up until City Burials. But you know what? I stand by everything I said about City Burials at that time. Um, I was still listening to this at the end of the year and it still blows me away every time I hear it. You know, it's got everything in my opinion. Um, They cover all the bases, but I think what I loved about City Burials is even at almost, almost 30 years this band have been going. (laughs) Um, and as, as, as a band that have been almost like almost 30 years on the go, they're still willing to kind of mix it up a bit, you know, to like dropping a track like Lacquer as a single, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then just watching everyone lose their fucking minds yeah. because <laughs> it sounds like nothing they've ever done before. And it was amazing, just like, what's this? What? Like, that sounds nothing like that, Tony. And I was the same when I heard that, I was like, what? Like, what is going on here? But then when I heard the album and I heard that track, in the context of the album I was like that's fucking genius that totally makes sense like it just fits so well um but even though you know there is that like the element of experimentation on this release with tracks like that they do still give you everything you'd want from a Catatonia album you know it's it's still got its haunting moments it's still gloomy you know there's progressive moments they still got heaviness in there but for me it's It's probably the most refined they've ever sounded. And it contains, as you said in your uh, review of it earlier, it contains some of the the best vocal melodies they've ever done. Some of the best this year by any band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, another album, it's a total earworm. You know what I mean? Some of those melodies are just stuck in your head for days afterwards. And as you said, Jonas did like the majority of the writing on this album. So (laughs) uh, kudos to him because it is... Is a stunning album from start to end. Um, Loved it. Catatonia, City Burial was my number four.
1: So I feel like I'm just now kind of duplicating a lot of what you've just said. Uh, Number four (laughs) for me is Cult of Lilith with Mara, which was your number five. Uh, Yeah, like... So, yeah, my number five and number four both debut albums, right? Mm. And both those albums to me are just fucking jaw-droppingly good and and completely different genres and at completely different tempos like there's nothing fast about the Oliphant album uh everything's fast about the Cult of Luff album um let <laughs> just have a different gear uh yeah. it's like we, we did a reaction video back in the day for mm. the second track on the album uh which had this kind of almost John Carpenter synth-wavy yes. sort of ar- arpeggio That's at the beginning um yeah. And then I remember, I remember the kicking in and I remember you remarking that they looked like Victorian snooker players and me not quite understanding what was going on. Um, and I remember it was just like it was a fucking amazing kind of like, literally, you know, like, all these huge kind of, and then the vocals kicked in and I was like, that, yes, they have everything. They have everything. The vocalist has an amazing fucking tone. Like, amazing yeah. tone. Uh, and I he agree. does melodic yeah. um, melodic screaming as well. So it's all pitch screaming. Mm. And the tone yeah. is fucking great. Uh, the guitar playing is... A borderline virtuoso it's like it's on a techie level way 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 up there um, mm. I love the inclusion of the odd instrumentation you mentioned harpsichord earlier on the fact that mm. you have an album in your top five that is playing harpsichord it does me proud because for years you would shoot me down when an organ got played and there's an organ <laughs> yeah. in like this where the church organ yeah. comes in and I'm like that or it's like a fairground organy sort of thing where if that had been yeah. in any other band Dave you would have fucking pissed all over me which is fantasy number two by the way um so like <laughs> you know what i mean uh, you would have like it would have been very easy for you to like just dismiss it but the fact it like mm. landing you were like oh yeah it works and it was just another yeah. it's like everything in the kitchen sink <laughs> and the album just gets more interesting as it goes along like the the yeah. really are it's either like a confidence that you get with with youth, where you're like, that this is, we need to make our statement, we might only ever get one album to do it, or it's mm. you know, uh, a level of daring and risk that all this is in. Either way, I don't want to know how they come up with it, it just works. Uh, I would mm. love to have been the producer producing this album and just going, What are we doing now? <laughs> Har- harpsichord. <laughs> What? Uh, why are you dressed in waistcoats? Uh, you know like I just it shouldn't like the thing about it is it shouldn't be as good as it is, but it is. Um yeah. we come from a very, very, very small country where I mean to this day Bjork is our biggest export, and rightly so. because uh, she's amazing. <laughs> but like given time I think they're already there. And I think that's. I don't want to sound like I'm being dismissive, but given time, I think Cult of Lilith could be one of the more important European metal bands to come out this decade moving forward. I genuinely do. I think, like, Gojira have their, their place for what they did, bringing that style of music there. And I think we're ready for the next step. And the next step in that evolution. I think it's called Earth. I I genuinely yeah. think, like very much like you, there is not one thing in this album that doesn't work. It's a yeah. flawless album, and this is album one. So <laughs> like, uh, like we always talk about, you know, like the you know the, the second album, Itch, When you know, like a band releases mm. a second album, there's so much anticipation, and it doesn't live up to it. If yeah. you're releasing this as your first album, you are putting that pressure on yourself, not the media. So No Media's yeah. putting pressure on album number 2. You did this for yourself, Cottoloth. Yeah. Uh Mara's fucking great. Like it's another one where if someone's asking me for recommendations for this year past of an album or I might not have heard of that I need to check out. This is the this is one of the albums I go to straight away because it doesn't there's not one band that sounds like lot. Um yeah. and that's exciting. To be this far yeah. into it and a genre which is very well established, and they come out with something that is wholly unique, I think is kind of fucking amazing. So number four for me, cut of Love and Mara.
0: Nice. Uh okay, moving on. Top three time. Ooh. Number three is for me is Atavist Three Absolution. Um to be honest, um, I was I was kind of sold on this from the moment I read the press release. <laughs> um, Lisa from Hold Tight does have some of the best pitches in the PR game. She um, she's really good at turning a phrase that makes you go, "Yes, well, yeah. <laughs> Lisa." And that was that was pitches, by the way, not bitches. But yes. she she's had some her, of the best
1: bitches as well. I, I, I'm, she does, she does um, a street team possibly. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> That isn't a thing, um, Lisa. Make it happen. I don't know if you listen <laughs> to these, but make it happen.
0: Uh, I think uh, the the pitch was something like, "This album will piss away your happiness, <laughs> and shit all over your sunshine fueled renewed hope, or something along those yeah. lines." Um, and she was totally right. Like this is about as bleak as it gets. It's an basically an hour of soul crushing, misery filled doom it's it's atmospheric it's devastatingly heavy and it has probably some of the most unbelievably well written arrangements um the the way they've incorporated the kind of additional instrumentation of uh, violin and cello and there's i think there's a viola on there as well it's just it's so well placed in in amongst all this like murky melancholic heaviness mm-hmm. um I'm I'm an absolute mark for this type of stuff anyway, but even more so with the addition of the different stringed instruments, for me, I think they just took it to that next level and they add so much depth and kind of feel into this album. Um, It's recorded and produced by the legendary Chris Fielding of Conan. Um, So it it sounds immaculate, but it will hit you like a ton of bricks Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, I just loved everything about this from the, the opening chords on it. I was completely sold. Just an amazing release, and uh, another band from the UK as well, which is awesome. Um, definitely check this out if you've got any interest in kind of doomier type albums um, with you know a ton of emotion and feel into it. Then give this a listen. Activist are the band, and Three Absolution is the album title. That's my number three.
1: Yeah, I love this album as well. I have, I, I, I have to very much like Gary. You have to be in the right frame of mind for this. Mm. Uh, you really, really, yeah. really do. I've not revisited it nearly as much. Uh, but weirdly, 2020, I was a, a relatively positive, happy person. And I, I still don't know. Really, <laughs> the rest of the world wasn't. But for whatever reason, uh, I was. So no, it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible release. Um, mm. Number three for me. Now, Dave. No. Since we love this opening sentence, let's use it again. Had you told me... <laughs> <laughs> um, had you told me ever that yeah. we would be in a year where the band Napalm Death would be in my top three, I, I, I don't know if I would have been able to speak to you through laughing.
2: You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Like, and that's not because I I never thought Napalm Death had it in them. It was just Napalm Death never connected with me that way. There are, mm-hmm. you're, they're an institution at this point. You know what I mean, they are like... like when, when, when Jim Carrey can do impressions of you and, like interviews in the in the 90s which he was doing um yeah. and you know like the 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 the, the band that are regularly flung up for for people are talking about noise um <laughs> and yeah i like a handful of napalm death songs like, i'll be honest with you i've never really been a, a napalm death album fan um but i respect them for what they've done mm-hmm nothing prepared me for throws of uh, joy in the jaws of defeatism uh, which is I mean where to begin Uh, uh, to me it's their best album I know Napalm Death fans will disagree with me that's fine Um, it's their best album this album is varied it's, it's daring it's edgy it's heavy as fuck (laughs) <laughs> um, just like absolutely disgusted for their age and how many albums they've got out and and all mm-hmm. the rest. These should not be making albums like this. Like I can understand no. on some level like, this is almost the reverse Cullerworth. When I'm like that, they're too young to be writing albums this great. Napalm Death are too old to be writing albums this great. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a yeah. there's a the the same things I was saying about Cuttle Earth in that they're so young that they're they're prepared to make these daring leaps and jumps, Napalm Mm. Death are almost too old to be doing the same thing. They they tread into territory on this release, which if you were tangentially interested in Napalm Death, you wouldn't be able to equate them to the same band. And I think that's Mm. what works for me. Um, There are elements we talked about before, the French sounding track, where they just go all out industrial. I mean, it, it seems like like author and Punisher created like a line and flung it underneath uh, Big yeah. Barney's vocals, and it works so fucking well. Um, the tracks are varied; they're interesting. Um, they're almost at times against the grain of uh, kind of grindcore, and that hmm. the they jump into bits where you're getting whole slabs of groove, and then sudden attacks and. It's just a really, really, really fucking accomplished album. And the thing about it that I found very, very quickly is from that first listen, I was eagerly wanting to listen to it again. And I wanted to mm. listen to it more and more. And I've listened to it. E-fuck. I've listened to it enough to make up for every Napalm Death album I've not listened. And then <laughs> some over. Um, yeah. I, think, I think it is maybe the most accessible grindcore or whatever, what noisecore, what we're going to call them, album that I've ever heard, maybe ever, <laughs> like, mm. or maybe just flinging it out there. Because I think there's there are tracks in here that will hook you in and then when yep. they go on the the more traditional Napalm deity elements, you just go with the flow. And I think that's what's interesting with it is they find the different tracks have different ways of pulling your attention in. But when the stuff that normally I wouldn't necessarily gravitate toward kicks in, I'm already invested and happy to go on the journey. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a baffling bafflingly good album, um, and yeah. that everything works on it perfectly. And yep. to be them, 16 albums, I think is what we said, Sixty albums in their career, formed in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? They've been on the go almost as long as Metallica. Yeah. Right? Like if we're putting it in, if we're calling it down, they're on the go almost as long as Metallica. And yeah. if you ask me which album I would rather listen to this year, uh, or maybe over the last couple of years, it'd be this album uh, by a country fucking mile. Uh, yep. Yeah, well played to them. I, I mean... I would never thought I'd be saying this. I can't wait to hear the next Napalm Death album. <laughs> I genuinely can't. I think there, everything, everything about it is just mind-bogglingly good. So yeah. yeah, Napalm Death throws in the throws of joy in the jaws of defeatism. I think is yep. how I think is how you pronounce it. I've got it written down here as throws of the joy. That's why I keep struggling. <laughs> throws of the joy. So someone's grabbing a small kangaroo <laughs> and loving it, or joy from friends. How you doing?
0: I I will follow on from that, Duncan, and talk about my number two album, which is Napalm Death, Throws of Joy, and the Jaws of the you the thing um, is about this is you get a different perspective because you are
1: hardcore napalm death fan so i am yep. i'm an eloper here coming in and talking about how great i'm like the hipster that's just discovered them now uh, <laughs> and you're like the original hipster because you liked them before they were cool so
0: i mean i, I wouldn't i wasn't i wasn't in at the start obviously because i was just born at that point <laughs> but like uh 90s i was like i was not in napalm in the 90s um but i mean like what what can i say about this album that Hasn't already been said by yourself, or pretty much every end of year list in twenty twenty. Um, this is this is a band that are not content with you know putting out the same ideas on every single album. Yeah. They aren't happy unless they are pushing the boundaries and pushing themselves as artists. Um, for a band, as you said, almost 40 years, they've been going, like, in 16 albums. Like, what? That that impresses me to no end. They're still releasing albums of this calibre, like, after 40 years. Um, most bands would have packed it in by now, or would just fucking phone it in, you know, with, mm-hmm. put out predictable box-ticking albums. And to be honest, most people would still listen to them, you know, because the band name alone will, will have that clout, you know what I mean? But the fact that they don't go down that route and are still pushing themselves to put out music that is challenging and dynamic and and relevant in today's metal scene is even more remarkable um, This I'm not going to say any more about it this is everything you want from an Napalm Death album and more um, flawless, it's a flawless album and that's my number two
1: Number two for me, staying in the UK, you mentioned them earlier on, and we were talking about how Deftonesy the album was. Um yeah, Loath. Uh, I let it in and it took everything. Um I I doubled down on everything you say, but it just connected with me more. Uh I think it's yeah. I think it's it, it's it's face meltingly good. Um I've spun it so many, many times. The melodies are incredible. Yes, they're very Chino, right? Um, But let me put it this way, there's plenty of people that try and do the Chino thing that can't do the Chino thing, and they can do the Chino thing. But it's the Mm. way they incorporate all the other stuff. Um, There are moments in this album... Which are cleverly using motifs used in different songs, which they resurrect and do alternate versions of, or bring them mm. in as closers to tracks or links into other tracks. Which I think is fucking really, really, really cool. Um, the the like some of the D tuned riffing on this is disgustingly heavy, and the production aids it hugely. Um, I find it varied, very interesting, very well written. When It Needs to Be Heavy, it's some of the heaviest shit I've heard this year. When It Needs to Be Melodic, it's some of the best melodies I've heard this year. Uh, it is an incredible album by a band. And this this one is a varied sounding album. That's the great thing about it. There's not really two songs on here that kind of sound alike. Even though they're mm-hmm. using those motifs, when they revisit something, they take it in a different direction. Whether it's a kind of shoegazy, kind of, you know, more synth-laden with melody or, you know, they come back at something else. that's more guitar driven. It just is, it's an album that, that very pleasantly kept me on my toes all the way through. And as a result has been played loads since. I think, I still, I think great things uh, are still going to happen for loads. I think it's put, uh, certainly for me has put them on my radar. I think it's put them on the radar of a lot of music fans and, um, they didn't get out to tour it this year they will get out, well last year they hopefully get out to tour it this year um, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm hoping that they are already writing the next album because you strike while that iron is hot and there's things yeah. in here I, I, I spoke to you like weirdly there are small elements in the stuff they do that remind me of some of the stuff we were doing in our band towards the mm-hmm. end spe- specifically guitar wise um, yeah. And synth-wise, which I think I can hear little bits, and I joked to you at one point. I still I lean into this. There's two riffs on there that are our riffs, Dave. They're on YouTube. I'm not saying they saw them, but <laughs> you saw them. Um, I'd be loathed to see that, Dave. You see what? Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Fantasy number two, piss on me. Uh, right. Uh, so, <laughs> but no, I a, a genuinely. They are one of the more exciting prospects for UK metal that yep. are now kind of starting to emerge. Still a very young band. Um, mm-hmm. And I think still have a, a, a ton of good things ahead. But yeah, this one, high benchmark for me. Number two album, Above Deftones. Loathe. I let it in <laughs> and it took everything. Number two. Nice. So. Um, <laughs> we might as well vote comes- for up on this one, to be fair. Because, <laughs> yeah.
0: FYI, we've got the same number one. Yes, it's all coming down to this, Duncan, and we both have the same number one album. Now, if people... Just really good taste, obviously. I was going to say, if people had listened
1: to us back in July, um, mm. they would have known that we had the same number one at that point. And I think we both said at this point it would take an act of God uh, yeah. to remove it. And whilst plenty of albums came close... Uh, there was no act of God to remove it. Dave, what was our combined joint number one of 2020?
0: <laughs> our combined joint number one pick was the dreamy post metal sludge pop band from San Francisco Bay Area, Mountaineer, with their album Blood Letting. Mm. And What can I say about this album that I haven't been saying for the last seven months? (laughs) People are actually sick of listening to me talk about Mountaineer and Bloodletting. People actually walk in the other direction (laughs) when they see me in the street now. They say, oh shit, there's Dave coming. Quick, pretend you're on your phone so we don't have to listen to him talk about Mountaineer. I mean, if you heard our review of this, then you'll know. And if, if you've listened to, listen to the podcast, you'll know yeah. how much we love this album. It, it's it, it had me at hello, <laughs> i had, Well, it didn't have you at hello. Uh, you, like,
1: you, you hit play on it, and you were like, these £150 headphones are shit. I must spend all the money. I must spend next yeah. month's wage check on brand new headphones so I can take in the opulence of this release.
0: That's correct. But yep. you did do. I, I, yeah. Didn't, yeah. I
1: did not do that. Although I now have... <laughs> brand new headphones today and it might actually spin Mountaineer. Oh. Oh, like? They have uh, 3D technology, Dave, and I'm wondering if... 3D? Yeah. I wonder if it brings out the small triangle the guy's playing in the background. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? But I wish it was. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> the weird thing about Mountaineer, like Mountaineer is the, the same way I got excited about doing like reviews on the old website with you when Conan first come in. Is kind of how I feel about Mountaineer, and that I feel that we're onto this little secret that's not going to remain a secret much longer. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, like, they have all the tools and everything in their arsenal to be much bigger than they actually are. Um, Mm. And I think it's just a matter of time before people clock onto that and then they they make that transition. Because when we first were checking out Conan, like, there was a, a small, sweaty room filled with beardy hairy guys that were listening yeah, to him yeah. and that was it and then yep. towards the end they you know they were they were fucking on stage with Max Cavalera you know like like a year ago <laughs> yeah. doing yeah. fucking was it it wasn't Nail Bomb songs but some, yeah, it might have been Nail Bomb it was yeah. a Nail Bomb <laughs> I I fucking nuts. It. Um, like <laughs> up there you go like that we spoke to him in a small transit van look at <laughs> now up uh-huh. there with Max um and I kind of feel the same way about Mountaineer, but for different reasons. I think Mountaineer, mm-hmm. at their heaviest, show those levels that the great post-metal bands that have already been talking about, your bands like Lafin, for example, um, like bring to the table. But they mm-hmm. add this wonderfully beautiful, sublime level of kind of dreamy pop over the top that once again shouldn't fucking work, but it elevates everything they do and makes the heavier sections better and more enjoyable to listen to It makes yeah. the quieter moments more interesting to listen to and it gives you the hook that you need to want to go back and listen it's produced perfectly it's a perfectly produced album it's a yep. perfect album like we spoke about this I think like everything on this just fits and it works and it works in a way that makes me immensely happy and I know the guys themselves have been a little bit humble online where they're going, oh, David Duncan, put us mm. in their top one like that. Yeah, because it's that fucking good. And don't yep. be surprised that it topped our list. Um, yeah. You have like their live stuff that they put out with that live uh, performance of them on YouTube. is mm. fucking spectacular. And yeah. there's no there's no gimmick, you know, gimmicky stuff here. Like they, they do what they need to, you know, what, what you're hearing is what you're seeing. And I yeah. love that about it because there are elements in here that could rely on another guitarist coming and playing a different bit, or you know, like all these things that might not transition well over at the live environment that work organically and perfectly. Um, mm. It is an incredible album, and if the one good thing that's come out of bringing Metal Epidemic as a podcast and an entity in twenty twenty uh, into realization from the conversations we are happening as we get to here, because I don't think I would have heard this album. Like out with this. No, there's no there would be nothing that it. would drag me that way at all. It hasn't no. appeared on many of the big publication lists, which to me, once again, shows why. Like, it's great to be working for Metal Hammer, but I don't think you get to experience all the bands that we get to experience. And as a mm-hmm. result of that, I think you lose something. in that I think Mountaineer are yeah. an incredible, an incredible secret that is about to become a, a almost a, like, a, like it's gonna, there's gonna be a big crowd there, not, I'm not talking arena size or anything like that, but there are a whole swath of people just now that don't understand it and need Mountaineer in their connect, uh, collection, and I think when they find yeah. them they'll, it'll be hard to, to, to lose them in it's, fact, it's such a fucking good it's like a, a ridiculously good album
0: yeah, I, I remember I, I messaged you, <laughs> you did. right after I heard the first track Yep. and I was so blown away with this, this first track, I messaged you I was like, you need to listen to this and when I listened to the full album I realized like very quickly that there was something really special about this release mm-hmm. um, and when I say that I, I don't mean I mean like kind of with the kind of standard elements of what makes an album great you know I mean the album this album has all of those things you know the musicianship is outstanding the songwriting exceptional it has depth it has texture it's dynamic the production is absolutely flawless um, all of those things for me make for a, a great listening experience but What I got from this album was a connection. You know, Mm -hmm. I had that kind of like the hairs on the back of your neck standing up type feeling when I listened to it. That's not something I get with every album. Um, But the delivery of this album just hit me differently to all the other albums I've mentioned in this list. Um, I felt every second of it and I was completely like captivated by it from start to finish. Um, it It is my most listened to album of 2020. Um, and I knew, like, it's the one that I knew very early on that it was going to be really fucking difficult to shift from the number one spot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here we are in January. It's, it's stood in there, solid at number one. and Nothing was moving it, absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, phenomenal album, absolutely phenomenal. And it, like you said, I don't think I would have even, this wouldn't even appeared on my radar had it not been for, for the website and yeah. the podcast and stuff um so i'm glad that we we got the chance to listen to this and, and talk about it and tell people about it and uh hopefully more people pick it up and check it out because like if this is anything to go by this album then i can't wait to hear what happens next mm-hmm. i really can't and i know i know uh, they sometimes check
1: out like the the stuff that we see and all the rest um if there's any way once the madness dies down, you can bring your show to Scotland. Please do. Um, please do. We'll buy you dinner. Um, how about yeah. that? I know it's, it doesn't pay for a plane ticket from the Bay Area, which I imagine will be quite expensive, and the shipping of your gear and all the other nonsense that comes with it. But we will take you out for dinner and none of this KFC pish. Like, there'll be proper silver, silverware and plates. Proper silverware.
0: <laughs> well, they're on. I mean, they're on um, Life Force Records, so they do yeah. have a big. They have a big, pre- pre- big presence in Europe um, mm-hmm. and, and the UK. So it's you know it's possible. It's possible. Yep. And the I thing about their sound as
1: well it. is it's, it's malleable to lots of different tours. You know what I mean? Yeah. They could they could play with a lot of different bands, and I don't think their sound would yeah. be too against the grain. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I believe the hype. I, I I don't genuinely get this excited about music that I don't think people should be checking out, and I think you should yep. be. Um, you you have the time in your life to sit down and spin this album once. Trust me, you won't just stop once. Uh, but give it a shot.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, that is our top twenty <laughs> oh. albums of twenty twenty.
1: Dave, do you, will we go back through from 20 through to 1 just to, to, to uh, bring it all together in a, a, a nice one-off list for the lazy bastards that haven't been writing them down and now have a pen and paper <laughs> in front of them?
0: Let's do that. Let's do that. Um, okay, starting I'll start with my list. Uh, number 20 was Huntsman and Mandala of Fear. 19 was Eyes, Underperformer. 18, Afterbirth, Four-Dimensional Flesh. Where did I get to here? 2019, 17. 18, yep. 17, Cryptodira, uh, The Angel of History. 16 was Loathe, I let in, It took everything. 15 was Alpha Wolf, Quite Place to Die. 14 was Skeletal Remains, and Intoument of Chaos. 13, Misery Signals, Ultraviolet. 12, Ulcerate, Staring to Death and Be Still. 11, Code Orange, Underneath. 10, La fin, The Endless Inertia. 9, Don walker Ages. 8, was Garia and Limbo. 7, was Black Crown Initiate, Violent Portraits of Doomed Escape. Six was Spirit Adrift, Enlightened in Eternity. Five, Cult of Lilith Mara. Four, Catatonia, City Burials. Three, Atavist. Three, Absolution. Two, Napalm Death, Throes of Joy in the Jaws of Defeatism. Number one, Mountaineer, Blood Letting.
1: Nice. Number 20 for me was Intranaut, Fluid Extension Aversions. Um, 19. Eyes Under Performer 18. Marlon Manson We Are Chaos 17. Sordid Pink with their self-titled album 16. Was Svalbard When I Die Will I Get Better 15. Alpha Wolf A Quiet Place to Die 14. Ghost Kid with their self-titled album 13. was Don Walker Ages 12. Abrams with Modern Ways 11. Code Orange with Underneath 10. was Poppy I Disagree 9. Catatonia City Burial Eight N minor when the cold truth has worn its miserable welcome out. Seven was death tones with ohms. Six black crown initiate violent portraits of doomed escape. Five la fin with endless inertia. Four cult of Lilith with Mara. Three napalm death throws of joy in the jaws of defeatism. Two loathe I let it in and it took everything. And number one mountaineer with bloodletting. Boom! Some damn fine lists right there.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Um, there we go that's our top 20 Um, let us know what you think of our list Um, if you have a top 10 or top 20 of the year let us know what you think Uh, let us know what your picks were for the top 10 or top 20 we're happy to hear your thoughts and opinions Uh, that is ours go and check those albums out Um, you will not be disappointed because our lists are fucking awesome (laughs) Um, and modest as well um, apparently absolutely (laughs) modest (laughs) Um, so, um, we're almost ready to finish this bad boy up, but I just wanted to quickly mention what, what can you expect from Metal Epidemic in 2021? Well, I'll tell you what you can expect. Um, more reviews, um, on MetalEpidemic.com from the team. We now have a team of, I think there's nine of us now, Jesus I think, um, Christ. <laughs> doing doing reviews for the site um duncan i and uh, kyle seem to do the kind of main the kind of video reviews on youtube and stuff but we have another six guys who are doing written reviews on the website so go over to metalepidemic.com and check out the reviews and uh, there will obviously be more reviews from the three of us on youtube so if you haven't checked out our youtube channel head over to youtube.com forward slash metal epidemic and you can keep up to date with our album reviews on there um, we are continuing with our monthly podcast, so um, be sure to be checking those out every month where we'll be playing plenty of new music for you to hear and various discussion topics um, on each podcast we we'll we have a little chat about what's happening in February. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also talking about bringing back the reaction videos. Oh, um, we did, I think we did 10 videos, I think, yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, and we both really enjoyed doing them, actually. Um, but it just, you know what Went on in 2020 and time and stuff. We never got a chance to go back and do more, but we both said uh, at the end of last year we definitely did need to do some more of those. So, um, keep your eyes peeled for those. We're going to do uh, some more reactions uh coming soon. Um, we're always to react to as well. I think there's, yeah, I think, there's, I think right, with, was... with the sheer volume um, of stuff
1: that's coming out, there will be no shortage of uh videos that we can check out from bands going, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking totally, forward to the um, next cult of Olive. You know what I mean? Like something that comes out where we're like that. Well, they call themselves Tyrannosaurus Rex sex, Um, and we're like, all right, we'll we'll check them out, and then we hit them, and then by the end that we're like, that was really fucking good. Um, So yeah,
0: Um, we also. We also had a little, a very brief chat about possibly looking into more kind of live streaming stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our man Kyle, who is is not with us uh, this evening, Um <laughs> excuse we can now break on the pot. I'm shaming him. Fuck him.
1: Fell asleep <laughs> on his couch. Fell,
2: fell asleep
1: on his couch.
0: Lazy bastard.
1: <laughs> Which also means he woke up at like half eleven his time and was like, "Why is my phone lighting up here?" <laughs> and what it had was tragedy at american congress and then underneath it kyle where the fuck are you <laughs> and he knew which one was more important yeah he did
0: he did <laughs> um yeah our, our man kyle he's um he's a big twitch guy um so we have been briefly kind of chatting to him about possibly doing something on twitch um if you want to check out Kyle, he's on the old Twitch. I think it's Twitch TV, twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Oaks. I think is his channel. Um, so he does all sorts of metal stuff over there, playthroughs, or playing. He's a bass player, but he plays guitar as well. So mm-hmm. uh, check him out. And he's a bit of a gamer as well. So he does uh, streams of uh, playing games and stuff. Um, so yeah, so keep your eye on our socials for any kind of announcements regarding that kind of stuff. Um, coming soon in 2021. 20, eh, okay, so... We have uh, one more track to play for you on the podcast before we go. Um, Our last track of the podcast comes from a technical progressive death metal band from India, of all places. Um, The band are Dead Exaltation, and they have been, they've been on the go since around 2015, and they draw inspiration from bands uh, such as Cryptopsy, Cattle Decapitation, Gorod, Spawn of Possession and Cynic to name a handful Uh, the band are about to unleash their debut album, it's called Despondent and it's coming out on February 5th Um, the album can be pre-ordered at deadexaltation.bandcamp.com and if you want to follow the band head over to facebook.com forward slash deadexaltation this track that I'm going to play is the second single I think from the album, it's called The Transformation and uh, I hope you enjoy it we uh we will return in February with another podcast. But until then, keep your eye on our YouTube channel for some brand new album reviews coming soon. Which I said, you can you can find that at youtube.com forward slash metal epidemic. And that's all from us. We'll catch you soon. This is Dead Exaltation and the Transformation. We'll catch you soon. Bye everyone.
1: <laughs>